Hi, I'm Jason, and this is another episode of Rewind and Review. As always, I'm joined by the Dinosaur Man, Rob. Yes, hello. Uh, thank you for having me, Jason. It's good to be back. Uh, yes, yeah. Uh, before we get started, Rob, can you tell us where you've been, what you've been doing, and explain why you have a beard? As um, some of our listeners might be aware, um, we, did, we did mention it in one of our earlier episodes there, but um, I've been out and about in, in the bush. Um, I've been on a 50-day uh, hike, uh, trying to raise a bit of bit of money and awareness for some mental health and suicide prevention. Very uh, personal cause to me, um, personal cause to many. Um, and I grew a beard while I was out there. So I was out there for 50 days. Uh, the lovely Luke stepped in the shoes, which I'm very, very happy about for, uh, while I was out there. But um, I'm back. And I, uh, I would uh, really, if anyone's interested in, in looking into the cause, they can always uh, have a look at so it's a cause called Bibbleman for my brother. It's on Facebook. We've shared it before. We might share it again. Um, and it's uh, we're raising some money up until the second of uh, September, and we we've already met our goal. But I reckon we can keep on going more. So if you're listening to this and you want to support a um, a good cause around mental health and suicide prevention in Australia, I might add um, Bibbleman for my brother. Google it. And uh, have a look at it, and you'll uh, see me, you'll see a beard, you'll see my hike of the Bibberman track in Western Australia, um, and you'll see what I've been doing instead of avoiding doing podcasting. So that's that. It's It's been uh, fantastic stuff that um, that you've done. Um, yeah, everyone everyone here um, at mm. home, we're all commending you on your on your efforts and, um, and what you've yeah. done. It, it is obviously for um, a very you. great cause. And like you said, um, mm. uh, a personal one, something close to you um, as well. We don't need to go into details but i guess the title of it probably gives there's, a few things away there gives but, it a little um, bit away yeah but, but there's but, plenty of information on the website as well if anyone wants to check it out for so, sure yeah. but um yeah none of us wanted to be in your shoes doing that because um yeah we all probably would have died mm. so you've done something that uh, most of us <laughs> probably couldn't dream of doing um but i'm sure for yeah. you it was a walk in the park um but speaking oh, absolutely but speaking <laughs> of a walk in the park let's get into yeah. this episode Welcome mm -hmm. to Rewind and Review, the re retrospective podcast where we have a look at an existing <laughs> property from the past, delve into its legacy, discuss how it's held up over time, and even give our own personal experiences. Did we watch it as a kid or sometime later in our lives? That's all right. Now, this episode of Rewind and Review, we'll look at a science fiction action film that's just turned 20 years old. And it's the third installment of one of our favourite film franchises. Um, and it closed the book on, on its original trilogy and it paved the way for a new trilogy to begin uh, 14 years later. So grab your lucky pack, don't misplace your hat, and make sure you've got your satellite phone as we rewind to the year 2001. Swinging 60s, here I come, baby, yeah! Go back to then. When? Now. Now. Ooh, ah, that's how it always starts. There's definitely a very slim chance we'll survive. The year 2001, Haley Joe Osment was a robot. Jason Voorhees went to space. Aliens took on anti-dandruff shampoo, whilst Mark Wahlberg took on apes. It was also the year mm -hmm. that Sam Neill came face-to-face -face with dinosaurs. Again, in Jurassic Park <laughs> 3. 
Yes. Now, directed by Joe Johnson, Jurassic Park 3 is the third installment of the Jurassic Park franchise and the first in the franchise not to be based on a novel by Michael Crichton. Uh, this was the first Jurassic film not to be directed by Steven Spielberg. After being persuaded by a wealthy couple to conduct an aerial tour of Isla Sauna, Injun's second site for a failed Jurassic Park experiment, Dr. Alan Grant, obviously played by... Uh, Again, Sam Neill discovers the true mm-hmm. reason for his invitation. Following an attack from a new breed of dinosaur, the small group of seven must attempt to escape with their lives. Be warned that if you haven't seen Jurassic Park 3 yet, but you want to, go watch it first before listening to this episode. We will be talking spoilers. It has been 20 years. Yes. I mean, 20 years. You've had, you've had your chance. Um, but Rob, Jurassic Park <laughs> 3, I mean, we... I mean, cutting to the chase, mm-hmm. our listeners know yep. you and I, Jurassic mm-hmm. Park, the franchise, all of that, dinosaurs galore. Yep. It's our thing. Um, it's it our, is. It's our jam. It's it's what we love. But specifically, <laughs> Jurassic Park three. What does this movie mean to you? What's your personal uh, experience uh, with it? Experience with this one. I saw it in the theaters, as you would expect. Um, I was was I fifteen years old? I think I was. So um, I, oh, I'll tell you what, I remember when the trailer first came out for it and I was, I, me and a few of my mates at school, I was just completely like, I lost my, lost my shit completely. I could not believe they're making another movie and all the hype around it, it was just, oh, it was so good. Um, so yeah, I saw it on uh, opening night and I was, the cinemas, I don't know what they were like, but in Bustleton, they're the cinemas without allocated seats. So you basically, you're in line. And so I got there like maybe <laughs> four hours early just to make sure that I had my uh, my ticket there and and, and I, I was ready there for just to get a, a good seat because I've got a very specific seat that I like in the theatre as well. But um, I've seen it now, I reckon. It's, I've probably seen it the least out of the original trilogy, but I've still probably seen it at least 20 times, probably more easily, to be honest. So... Um, but yeah, opening night onwards. Yeah, I was so excited in 2001 when this came out. It was so good. What about you? I mean, I was, I was, I think I was only when this would have come, I would have only still been 10, 10 years old. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, same deal. You know, like new Jurassic Park film, the trailers mm. sitting there in, in primary school as a 10 year old, talking to the mates about it, anyone who cared. Um, yeah. So excited, so pumped. Uh, you know, yeah. in the in the trailer, Doctor Grant kicks a like a pteranodon in the face or Don't, something yeah. like that. I don't yeah. know. No, not in the face. Just just kicks. He just kicks a kicks a bird dinosaur. I'm in. I'm there. Yeah, want this in my mm. life. Um, just so pumped. Obviously, yep. Went to go check it out. And yeah. as a kid, loved it. You know, it was it was fantastic. Mm. Action packed. Straight mm. to the point, yeah. not so talky, just a nice, neat, clean, you know, Samuel's yeah. back, Laura Dern's back. There's this new Spinosaurus, <laughs> he's badass. There's, yeah, oh, so good. Pteranodons, like everything. It's fantastic. Yeah, the and, fly dinosaurs, and, raptors have got spikes. It's and, awesome. And, and yeah. now I look back on the movie and, and it's like, yeah, it's, I mean, <laughs> It's the second worst well. Jurassic film. I'm just I'm putting that out there right now. It's, <laughs> oh, this is not this I is think... not up to scratch. This is not up to the standard of what where Jurassic should be. 
but um but it is what it is and we're here to talk about Mm -hmm. how things have changed in terms of our views of this movie but did you like the movie when it came out um, I was disappointed. I didn't hate it, but I was. I think the trailers really didn't sell it the way I thought it was going to be. Yeah. So I um, yeah, I wasn't. It was yeah. I when I, I walked out of there, but I also walked out of the Lost World feeling a little bit disappointed as well. But then it grew on me. Um, and yeah, this one I do have a little soft spot compared to some other movies in the franchise, but. For this one, like, but yeah, ultimately, it was a little bit disappointed when I walked out. It wasn't what I expected. So, yeah. oh, don't get me wrong. Um, like, there will always be a um, yeah. There's there's the nostalgia for for this one, you know, especially you know, getting it uh, at such a young age as well. Like, it, it's always gonna yeah be what it is. But I mean, yeah, just to you know, to be mm. critical of the film, it's not great. Mm. It's not great. Um, yeah. but you know, when it came out, it was. I was pumped to see it. I was pumped to see it again and yeah. again and again as much as we can. You know, like went yeah. to a you know, stayed at a mate's place for his birthday. You know, like there was just a couple of us, and you know, we yeah. went to went to the old video store to rent some movies. Those are the days. Oh my god! Yeah. Um, and it was like, oh, I know. You know yeah. I've seen this several times, but it's like, hey, Jurassic Park Three is a new release. Mm. Let's get it. And we watched it. And we I remember a ball. I remember. Um... <laughs> it was actually one of the first movies I actually uh, uh, downloaded and, and pirated back in the days when I was a terrible human <laughs> being. And I did that on dial-up. And so I remember watching it download because you could watch it basically at Buffer. So you were watching it um, in 2004 it me- by the time it downloaded? Like- <laughs> to- <laughs> well, it took ages. In fact, I don't even think I finished the download, to be honest. But the opening, you know, with the opening scene, um, the credits when, you know, you got the, the Amblin um, logo and the, the t-rex you know the the cliche t-rex like yeah puddle splash and all that um that just that little sequence i remember just sitting there refreshing the feed refreshing it refreshing <laughs> it and for three hours it had only got to that and then it would uh then you'd have the you know the three claw marks in jurassic park and then yeah and that's when i gave up for the night when on the first night i started downloading it so that's what dial up it did to me for three hours i watched that opening credit just refreshing it over and over again oh dial up in western australia dear god uh, but um I did, take, I, me back. I, I, <laughs> take me back but i do remember as soon as i uh the very next day after i watched the movie i uh went down to sanity and i brought the soundtrack um to it which we'll talk about later obviously but uh so i did it got me immediately and that was that was on my discman, my little walk, and as I was walking around with for a little while, my uh, my was it? Oh man, the I would have, I would have. Uh, anti skip, anti skip, bloody thing. Don, I wish Don, I had Don Davies, bloody I, soundtrack. I, I yeah. wish I had money as a as a child that I could just go and like buy the the soundtrack to these movies, just just these <laughs> just these scores, just for fun. Anyway, let's I was get into employed by then. Yes, <laughs> that's it. Let's get into the legacy of um, yeah. Park Three. Uh, we'll start with the mm. with the the budget. Um, which is 93 yep. million. So they uh, mm-hmm. Universal forked out 93 million for this movie um, with a return of mm-hmm. 368.8 million worldwide. I mean, today's money, mm-hmm. you'd be like, yo, I mean, good effort, but, uh, mm. you know, not great. I guess like not today, yeah. today, pandemic and all that, but I mean, let's say yeah. 2019 yeah. numbers. Let's, let's go with that. Yeah. Um, but, you know. Yeah, please, you, you look at 400 million, you'd be like, oh, yeah, maybe not. Yeah. This was um, that number did make it the eighth highest grossing film of 2001, uh, which is crazy because mm-hmm. I mean, you think like Jurassic World was, was that like not 
the highest or one of the highest grossing movies oh. of 2015 when that came oh. out. Um, but it was also it is well, of, of, all, of almost of all time. That, that was like that was one of the quickest to reach a billion, I think. Um, yeah, just it was... didn't surpass Avatar. That's all. It didn't get that far. Oh, but, yeah, had to had to beat Avengers. And there was a few more. There was a few more to beat, but uh, it got close. It got yeah. close. Um, but it, this movie is the lowest grossing film in the Jurassic franchise. Yeah. Now, critically, um, and this might explain why it was lowest grossing in the franchise. Um, it was it's considered darker and faster than its predecessors. Definitely a fast movie, but um, it shows a continuing creative decline. It's it's noticeable. Um, the, the, the downward trend on that. Um, Roger Ebert he gave it a thumbs up. Um, he says it's not as awe inspiring as the first film. Um, or as elaborate, as elaborate as the second, but in its own B movie way, it's a nice little thrill machine. And I agree with that. That's that's interesting because um, you yeah. think he would be quite critical, but he's um, you know, he's taken a pretty diplomatic approach to it and been like, you know what? It knows what it wants to be and it is what it is. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's like a little B movie monster movie kind of thing going on, I felt like. Yeah, but um Rotten Tomatoes, if we're looking at that, it's it's uh, 49% from 185 reviews. Um, and Metacritic's 42% on 30 reviews. So, yeah, mixed, average, low rated. Um, and I think everybody, generally, if you've seen the, seen the original trilogy, you, you would have seen that downward trending kind of, yeah, that quality, I guess. It's quite noticeable. What, what I find... But it's not at all a bad, bad movie at all, by, by any means, really. Well, so. um, what I find weird yeah. sometimes when, um, when I'm talking to people about like the Jurassic films and especially when, mm. you know how like the, you know, we talked about how the lost world gets a lot of hate um, and, and people really mm. don't like that movie. And then when it comes to Jurassic Park three, they you know, they're, mm. they're usually like Jurassic Park three is better than the lost world. And I'm just like, get out of here. Mm. Like get out of town. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? But the only world I, I don't where get Jurassic Park three is better than Lost World is if you're in a rush and you've got a dinner date to get to. And <laughs> when you, hurry up, when you so. only have ninety minutes, and you've only got ninety minutes, and yes, you really like Sam Neill. Mm. <laughs> like, yeah, just love is... Sam Neill. You hate Gold. You hate Jeff Goldblum. Like, who could, who could ever do that? But yeah, if we're talking, um, all right, if we're, if we're yeah. talking awards. Um, this movie won a mm-hmm. BMI Film Awards. That's Broadcast Music Incorporated uh, for Best Music. Mm-hmm. Um, the film was also nominated yep. for a few awards, including <laughs> Golden Raspberry Award, um, yeah, Golden yeah. Reel Awards, Golden Trailer Awards, Satellite Awards, Saturn Awards, yeah. and Stinker's Bad Movie Awards. So nothing, yeah. nothing really to write home about there. But I just mm. wanted to acknowledge those awards because... Great this is actually this is actually the movie. Um, <laughs> this is the movie that introduced me to the Golden Raspberries. So I uh, followed a, um, a Jurassic Park three message board because they were message boards back then. Oh. Called Dan's JP three page. I was on that page, and it was the first time I saw a um, a Razzie yeah the, the award nomination come up on that message board. And I was like, oh, what the hell is this thing? And then that opened my eyes to just how yeah the bad the bad elements of uh, cinema. <laughs> and I couldn't believe that Jurassic Park was included in that, but it is. So, do you know what? I love how you keep mm. you keep having like all these callbacks to like um, your horrible experiences with the internet during um, you know <laughs> the, these these dark times. But I remember, I think it was it might have been Jurassic Park three, where like mm. it was like one of the first experiences I had with like using the internet to try and find information about 
yeah. this upcoming movie and stuff because I was like, oh, like I've got the internet, I've got this movie coming up. And mm. I remember this website and there was like these like Jurassic Park doors and there was like sound. Like yeah. this website had like sound effects. It was all like jungly and then every now and mm. then like a, they would hear like a mm. T-Rex. For I remember that. I think yeah. it was Jurassic Park thing because it was kind of mm. shoddy. But <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, but no. it had, yeah, there was, I think I know what you're talking about. There was like the TV spots and the trailers were all on there. Yeah, and there's yeah. like uh, just news and pr- pr- production stuff. I think one thing I have to commend like the entire franchise on, and this movie is included, is their marketing campaigns pretty comprehensive. They always are. There's always little, like even with the new franchise, you know, they create fake websites and all this stuff that you can go to and just, yeah. And um, Jurassic Park 3 was no different. Like, I remember that. Having being bombarded left, right, and center with TV spots, online stuff, you know, all this, all the, all the good stuff, you know. They, uh, I guess, Universal really, really put a lot of marketing money into this franchise. So there's lots of video games. Um, we've got a big list here. I haven't heard of any of them, but a lot of them are Windows or Game Boy Advance, it looks like. But you got Jurassic Park 3 Danger Zone, you got Dino Defender, Scan Command Jurassic Park, whatever these are, the DNA Factor. Island Attack and Park Builder. Jurassic Park 3 Park Builder on Game Boy. That's interesting. Did you play but any of these? The only one I've actually heard of is the is the Park Builder one for Game Boy Advance. Okay. And yeah, I guess like that was exciting at the time because it was like, oh my God, build a park. But yeah. it was on Game Boy Advance, so it like looked shoddy as hell. Um, but, you know, <laughs> at the time, at the time. At the time, it would have been amazing. It was groundbreaking. Um, but um, but yeah, <laughs> look, they, they not, turned not... out they turned out a whole bunch of uh, yeah, little Jurassic Park three tie tie-ins there. Um, and it's weird with yeah. whenever you get to like these Jurassic games, they're always like for some reason you're walking around with a gun and you're shooting raptors and things, and it's just like it just doesn't happen. That's not what happens. It's just that's not what happens. No, kind that's of why I like now, these new park builders for the, for the new. Well, yeah. So, but, um, um, but there were some Operation books. Genesis, how good was that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Operation yeah, Genesis, yeah. <laughs> but now we're just World Evolution and stuff. Uh, but yeah, some books. Um, Scott yes. Searison wrote a trilogy of spin off novels based on Jurassic Park 3. Um, there was Jurassic mm-hmm. Park Adventures Survivor, which came out in 2001. This basically details the eight weeks Eric spent alone on Isla Sauna. Jurassic Park Adventures mm-hmm. Prey in 2001, Eric and Grant returned to Isla Sauna to rescue a group of teenage filmmakers. And in 2002, yeah. we got Jurassic Park Adventures Flyers, where Eric and Grant lead the Pteranodons home after they nest in a Universal Studios theme park. <laughs> Just the ideas yeah, of these are yeah. ridiculous. Survivor, the first one's a good concept. Um, and I have actually heard of that one. The others I haven't heard of, but um, that's not it's not a, a bad kind of premise. It's just interesting because none of it's canon. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, sometimes yeah. I don't even think this movie is canon. But, uh, <laughs> but it is what it is. Well, I think they've gone. Well, I'm going to explain a little bit later on some stuff about how they've kind of retconned a few things about about it. But um, yeah. One thing I will say though, then we said it at the top that um, this particular movie doesn't have its own um, novel by Michael yep. Crime. Um, but instead of getting a million emails from people to say, no, um, it is a lot of the scenes are based, like are pulled from the original, the first novel. So, yeah. um, but it's not, it doesn't have its own. So I just wanted to kind of point that out while we're talking books. Yeah. Um, and especially like, in yeah, the, doesn't in it, the, does, we'll talk about like the, the conception of like the story and the, all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff, but there was a lot more 
stuff from the like the especially that first novel that they wanted to incorporate like yeah river raft mm-hmm. um there was something yeah. else <laughs> the um the bird cage the avery the avery was in there too so um let's talk franchise quickly but we i mean we already have a little bit we got jurassic park 1993 we did an episode on that go listen to it. lost world jurassic park 1997 both these are both directed by steven spielberg we already know that we did an episode on that one as well so go listen to that too um and then we've got jurassic park 3 directed by joe johnson We've got Jurassic World. Uh, that was kind of the reboot of the series, releasing uh, 20, 2015, directed by Colin Trevorrow. Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom um, in 2018, directed by J.A. Biona. And we've got Jurassic World Dominion coming up in 2022 with the original cast um, and once again directed by Colin Trevorrow. And as the days pass, I'm getting more and more excited for it. Hey, this, we, watching this movie again. <laughs> <laughs> we will we need, need to be excited or uh, I, I, don't know, I don't know how much hope I've got for it but watching this movie um, to prep for this episode I, I have to admit I've got a little bit of a tingle it's, it's happening there um, the hype's coming so less than yeah. a year away less than a year away um, when, I just remember Absolutely. when we recorded when we recorded our, our Lost World episode um, and when we actually recorded it was it was you know mm. coming 2021 June yeah. or July, whatever it was, um, and we were pumped. <laughs> and then, like, literally, whilst I was editing that episode, putting it together, yeah. news broke that it got pushed back a year. And for fair reason, yeah. for fair reason, but holy shit. Oh, absolutely. Holy shit. Yeah. It's still coming. Oh, it's, it's still on its way. I'm looking forward to this original cast and all that. Um, and we're, we're just going to have to do something. So, anyway, if you guys, if you guys review it, I'm going to be on board in that episode, even if I'm literally screaming from outside the window so, um, but let's talk about what else is there for the legacy of this, fr- of this franchise uh short films um battle of big rock that was released um wasn't last year it was the year before 2019 directed by colin trevorrow basically a little sneak peek of animal uh animals dinosaurs in the real world um, running around tv uh jurassic world camp cretaceous uh, started last year up until now. I think it's in it's just re- it's released its third season. I think there's a fourth coming now. Is that right? I believe yeah. there's a fourth oh. coming. I think. Mm. Yeah. Um, and then there's an untitled live action series as well, um, which doesn't have really have a release date. I don't actually know much about that one. I haven't. Heard no, too there's much nothing. About it, so. There's nothing really to to report or talk about. It's just that they've said that they're maybe, doing a maybe. live action series, so could be. I mean, I'm on. I'm on board. I just think, yeah, just for like the cost mm. of production must be pretty. I don't know. Just yeah, mm. just hard to make, hard to make. Unless I could find a way to, yeah, well, to do it cheaply. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm sure they sure they will because if it means dollar signs, that's what's going to have to happen. They will so. find a way. Let's talk a little bit about mm. um, as we get into actual the meat of the of the episode and, the, and I guess like the movie itself. Uh, we'll just talk mm-hmm. about the production a little bit first up. So yeah. obviously yeah. we've mentioned the director change. Um, mm-hmm. Basically, Steven, Spiel- like Steven Spielberg had no interest in returning to direct. He was he's basically come out mm-hmm. and said that he's he was satisfied with what he had done with the first two films. Um, yeah. His longtime friend Joe Johnston was interested in directing a sequel as far back as the release of the first film, but Spielberg or High yeah. Mighty was like, nope, I'm doing the sequel. You back off. <laughs> um, no, but he always said if he did another one, he would give it to, to Joe Johnston. So Joe, he, yeah. He was he was pretty much the one instigating mm. Johnston into, into that role. Now with the story, 
Mm. There's a bit of a yeah. whole bit of kerfuffle happening here. And you know what? After mm. after learning sort of mm-hmm. uh, what sort of happened here, kind of everything makes sense. Everything makes sense now. Look, early stories, ideas, and script drafts went through multiple changes. Um, Spielberg's yeah. original story idea involved Dr. Alan Grant living on one of Injun's islands researching the dinosaurs. Um, an early right. script written by Craig Rosenberg involved teenagers becoming marooned on Isla Sauna. But I think that could have been... Camp Cretaceous. <coughs> yeah. It could have been source. That's source a good point. That's Camp Cretaceous. Camp Cretaceous. Yeah. There yeah. it is. Um, but that could have been... That, that, that script treatment That script treatment would definitely be in the, you know, the archives sitting there, I'm sure. You know, like, <laughs> oh, we can probably probably can achieve this with a, a, a an animated series. Bring it on. Yeah. That's what I'm going to choose to believe. But yes. We'll save it. We'll save um, it for over a decade later. We'll, we'll come back to it. Um, <laughs> there was another script written by Peter uh, Bookman, um, in, which involved yeah. uh, pteranodons escaping to the Costa Rican mainland and causing a spate of mysterious killings before people realized what was mm-hmm. happening, um, as well as a parallel yeah. story involving Alan Grant and a family with a child um, basically crash landing on Isla Sauna. This features 12-year-old Miles Roby, his father Paul yeah. Roby, Paul's bodyguard named Cooper and a naturalist mm-hmm. named Simone. So there's a few elements yeah. there, kind of similar, kind of different. Yeah. But hey, there's mm. Cooper. That's, that's always fun. Yeah. So that sounds pretty similar to kind of what we got. Um, yeah. David nice. Kep, David Kep, the writer of Jurassic Park 1 and The Lost mm. World, um, suggested a similar, uh, suggested, yeah. sorry, a simpler rescue mission plot. Um, in July 2000, mm. this was about five weeks before filming began, five weeks, mm. Johnston and Spielberg rejected crazy. the the at-the-time current script. Um, $18 yeah. million dollars had already been spent on the film. Oh, gosh. Which, uh, yeah, you know. Yeah, because, you know, you're already you're in pre-production, storyboarding, yeah. budgeting, all that stuff's already kind of happening. It's all there. Some sets mm. were built. Um, (laughs) ridiculous. Alexander Payne and Jim Taylor began rewriting uh, Bookman's script, focusing on improving the characters, story, and action. Good effort, guys. Mm. Good effort. Mm. Um, Anyway, (laughs) many sequences from the rejected draft were incorporated into the final film as a way of salvaging the work that had been put into the project up to that point. So... God. Like mm. it's nutty. They they had something, they were doing thing, mm. and then we've got this like mix, mix and match. What's the best we can yeah. do to incorporate what we've already? There's no real vision. There's a bunch of creatives mm. using what they've got and trying to yeah. work with their budget and financials and trying to be as cost effective yeah. as possible. That's not how you make a movie. I'm just mm. going to put that out there right now. Certainly isn't. And, and this, nail, this last point you've got here, nail yeah, in the like you're saying, um, you know, the final draft of the script, it wasn't actually completed during the production. That's so, it. They started filming. They started oh filming gosh. and they continued to film whilst they were writing. That is not how mm. you make a movie. That's how you, that's that's, how you, you make a, <laughs> that's how you make a product that you can yeah. salvage at the end of the day, which yeah, that's what this movie ended up being. Uh, it's a salvage is um work and uh yeah. it well you know it, it's a there's a story there and it's it's comprehensible. Mm. <laughs> it's, uh, yep. Yeah. I, um there's also I'm I was actually reading um uh just in prep to this as well an extra point here around the story. Now 
I don't know. So any any movie that's made that kind of involves the military over in America um, generally requires the Department of Defense to approve the scripts as well. Oh, um, for real. And that very well. Yeah. So if you look at, if you go on a Wikipedia and you have a look at list of movies, just type in lists of movies with military, um, not only support, but also like funding and stuff like that. Jurassic Park 3 is on the list. It's one of them. Hence why there's the military conclusion. Um, right. But that also there's oversight that's required with approval of the story um, and how Department of Defense and things are kind of portrayed. So that very well could have kind of added an extra layer of just like um, just issues with the script yeah. timing and, and, and the well, delay was, of all of that as well. So, I mean, speaking of all the story changes and stuff, I mean, even the ending there, it was supposed mm. to involve, it was supposed to be bigger. There was supposed to be mm. Tranodons attacking you know, like the, yeah. the helicopters and stuff, and then you know, this whole big battle at the end. Um, mm. and that's completely scrapped for this very simple, you know, the Marines and the and the Navy rock up, they mm. rescue the people, and then, La- they, and they leave a little bit lazy, but um, yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> is, is one way to put it. Um, the <laughs> uh, but the story, the story, I mean, the story, yeah, like you said, I feel. I mean, most people would agree, I think. It feels like a little bit of a patchy story. It sounds very, very clearly what did happen. Like like we said, the production had already started, um, so they had to basically create a story and save money by using the assets that were kind of already in yeah. motion while also creating a, a um, yeah, something coherent. The, the story the that they made. Is, does feel like a pacing, you know, the pacing's a bit out of there a little bit. Um, and then it's not, yeah, just some of it's, yeah, just it, the... I kind of feel like it's a little bit of a dumbed down version of what could have happened if they maybe put a little bit more time into it. Yeah. Um, what, what they did yeah. was they they created this story. I mean, they they looked at what they already had previously, Jurassic Park mm-hmm. and the Lost World. And if you were to if you were to go to random man on the street and say, "Hey, explain mm-hmm. the Jurassic Park movie or the Lost World," their explanation would mm-hmm. be, "Oh, people on an island running away from dinosaurs." Right. Yeah. You you know, and I know that. Obviously, there's so much more thematically um, mm. yeah, to to the, both those movies, the, like what they're trying to say, what they're doing, the science yeah. behind it, the ideologies, the, all of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this movie is is taking uh, the the mm. lower level dissection of of those those two movies. People running away mm. from dinosaurs. Away from like, dinosaurs. How can we yep. create a situation where we've got people? On an island, running away from dinosaurs. This movie basically is a, it's the equivalent of, Mm. it's a a horror slasher film with dinosaurs. Yeah. That's what it is. And and that's that's how I would interpret it as well. You've got these villainous dinosaurs um, that Mm -hmm. basically stalk these human characters and pick them off one by one, even though there's not really that much death. But like, (laughs) you know, essentially it's the same sort of situation. They just... Running, running, running until they're rescued and saved. The end. Correct. That's that's the yeah. so story with the family. None of, and the, yeah, the kid, and yeah, it's 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 what it is. And uh, it feels Grant is shoehorned into the into the island <laughs> to the story to return to the uh, island. I don't know. He wouldn't even like. Yeah. Oh, anyway, um, yeah, it does feel like that. It feels it feels ultimately like yeah, you got it. You you got a. a a horror in, in a way a pg horror um and yeah you've got 
basically everything else, like you know, metaphor, any kind of metaphor or anything like that's kind of pushed to the side for just the kind of the thrill of the run. Um, and even the relationships and stuff, I, I kind of feel are secondary to yeah. that main goal of just any, let's get people on there, let's get them to run and let's get them out of there. Any so. chance of having some sort of substance to this movie? And look, there are moments where it's like, oh, look, they're trying to sound smart. Mm. Like any attempt to do that is, it's just not achievable because... Yeah, they wrote the script like five weeks, or they started writing the script five weeks before they started filming. Yeah, or like at least <laughs> they wrote close to what they were trying mm. to. Yeah, yeah it, it's nuts. Yeah. It's just not how pretty messy do. stuff. Yeah. Um, pretty messy stuff. Look, there are some good qualities we'll, to the film, though, and we, we will get to them. Um, yep. Now, yep. filming locations. Mm. It went back to Hawaii, which was good. <laughs> That's always. Hey, I, 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 I heard. I heard Jason you visited visited Hawaii. Is that correct? I, look, that? We, I think every you... time we talk about these Jurassic Park movies, I'm going to mention that I that I went to Hawaii. I just thought I'd leave it be. Um, <laughs> I just thought I'd leave it be this time. But thanks for mentioning it again. Always a claim to fame there. Um, look, various Hawaii locations um, and mm-hmm. California as well. Obviously, like a bit of a studio yeah. stuff there. Um, yep. A jungle rainforest was built in Universal Studios back mm. lot in Los Angeles. Now, yeah. this this is so evident and clear when this is happening anytime that the characters are walking through the jungle and like it's it's all like backlit it's all like mm. foggy and i'm like they're in a studio like they're not in yeah. hawaii they're they're in a they're on a set they're on a soundstage yeah, yeah. god damn yeah. this movie mm. but yeah definitely I mean, but i mean to to the casual viewer you, i mean it's done well it's all very beautiful oh, I mean, it works it's, so it's every now and then but you know it's you cut to a wide shot of, a, of, a, of a, mm. something that was filmed on location and it's like, yes, the illusion, movie magic. It's, it's fine. It's fine. What yeah, I want to talk about is Isla Sauna. Now, of course, these characters, mm. this story, we're returning to the second island, which obviously was prominent, introduced in that second film. Um, mm-hmm. But what, what Spielberg established in that second film is that Sauna was such a, like, essentially a darker island. It was, it was drier. Yeah. It was... Um, you know, like, how would you explain it? Just not as green, mm. not as lush, not as yeah, not as colourful. There was a darker edge to it. Yeah, and this movie basically shits on it and goes, "No, it's yeah. green again." <laughs> mm. Green, green and bright and vibrant and wet. Um, which uh, you know, sauna was meant to be more like open plains and and woodlands and stuff like that. Yeah. Not not. Not the kind of uh, you know rainforests that we would expect from the first from Isla, um, Isla Nublar. So, yeah, I, I agree. It does kind of flip it a little bit. Um, but then he also because you know you're revisiting it and everything's all overgrown and stuff like that. You kind of still do get those flavors of what you had in, in movie two. You know, with um, you know the jungle overtaking yeah. and everything. Um, so I guess still you could. There. You could always argue the point. I suppose they're on a different part of the island or. Or something like that. Must be a bloody big island. Must be yeah. a big island. It's just the thing. It's just, just this that mm-hmm. distinction from those first two movies where you know that that change in the Lost World of the look of obviously this being a different island and that being such different. That was a character in itself. And there was a point to the way mm-hmm. it looked. Whereas this one, they literally just went, "Oh, hey, yeah, Jurassic Park. We're we're talking mm-hmm. Hawaiian islands, green." Green jungles are green. green. These islands are green. We're in the Pacific. It's green. fine. It's green. <laughs> like, and that's 
no one actually thought about, hey, if you go to this island, it actually has an, it has has a look to it. A different tone, a different yeah, feel. Yeah, because yeah. you're so. trying, but never mind. Otherwise, they should have just gone to Nublar again. They should have just gone to Nublar. <laughs> like, that would yeah. have solved this oh, anyway. problem. But whatever. Yeah. Doesn't matter. They, there's no way that they needed to. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> titles. So apparently it was called Jurassic Park 3, colon, Extinction. Um, Jurassic Park, colon, Breakout. And The Extinction, colon, Jurassic Park 3. Very interesting. Yeah, future ones. I feel like just, that just ended up. Yeah, Jurassic Park three, the lazy man's way. Um, I think it would be <laughs> the distinction Jurassic Park three because it's kind of like the Lost World Jurassic Park, yeah. like the extension Jurassic Park three. Anyway, I don't know, but yeah, Jurassic Park three is what we ended but, up on. But Breakout Extinction. Yeah, I mean, neither of them really tie. I mean, that might have been an earlier script treatment anyway. Script, <laughs> yeah, script. Yeah, possibly but, for the one where the Tyrannodons yeah, were, you know. Ripping, ripping oh, apart yeah. Costa Rica and stuff. But yeah, okay, yeah. I, yeah. Don't know. I feel like extinction um, is always in these like these uh, potential titles that have come. It's like Jurassic World Extinction it was like Fallen mm. Kingdoms one, and then it was like before Dominion got announced, it was Jurassic World Extinction. It's always extinction. Yeah, always extinction. I think it was even wasn't there a was there a Jurassic Park Extinction game like internet game at one point. That's, the point that's that how familiar it sounds because there's, there's yeah. always one. Let's talk. Um, yeah. Let's talk the music. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess more so the theatrical score, but there is one song I want to talk about. But the the score now, obviously, yes. John Williams' iconic Jurassic Park music. We know it. We love it. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. We live it. In return for this one, he was busy doing artificial intelligence for Spielberg. So you know, had to choose. Yes. But Don he, Davies, he, yes, Don Davies stepped in. Um, mm-hmm. to do his thing. He was actually recommended. He was recommended by Williams. Actually, it was Williams' choice. So can't knock him, Williams can't couldn't knock him commit. Him. No, and he was alright. And he took some flavors. Um, if you listen to the, if you listen to the soundtrack, I think it's track seven. Is uh, I think it's called Billy Was Right. I think I'm not looking at it in front of me, so I've got no idea. But um, from memory, that's the one, and that's that's one of the ones where you get old Williams' score comes through, and that's when they're in the boat, and you know you got the. Yeah. Um, that's a good shot. Good yeah, you've shot got the bra- yeah, brachiosaurs coming down and looking out. Yeah, it's like, yeah. whoa, there's Williams the Stegosaurus. Is here. There's, but, yeah, it's all very bright and yeah. green as Isla Sauna is. Mm. <laughs> yes. Um, but again, you know, we get the, you know, where, where the plane's flying towards those luscious green, you know, island mountains that again looks like Isla Nublar. We get the yeah. iconic John Williams score. But, um, you know, what, what, mm. what Davies is doing incorporating his thing mm. and it works fine again a lot of the music mm. um you know whereas again isla sauna in the lost world had uh you know its signature was all these like sort of tribal sounds there was something very yeah, the drums and things like that yeah, yeah. very old school mm. about the island like very lost yeah. world about it you know yeah. like it was sort of un you know a place man isn't supposed to be, isn't mm. supposed to go to. Whereas here, it's it's back to that, mm. you know, the, the triumphant Jurassic Park marches yeah. and um, the music, mm. the new music that we do get, a lot of it is very, it's fast-paced. It's There's almost mm. like a, there's a horror element to it, which again ties well, I was going to say atmospheric. That, it's, yeah. it's atmospheric instead of being, it's, you know, standing its own and having its own identity. It's really just kind of creating... Uh, for me, it felt like it was creating just kind of 
a way to transition in between like fast paced movements of what's going on, you know, like, yeah. and, and yeah, like you said, that horror element, like adding just a little bit of extra, like, I guess, flavor or intensity to what's going on. Um, but it doesn't, in no way is it a theme really other than the, just the little touches from Williams original score really. So it's not bad though. Like I loved it. I still, it works. I still got it on my Spotify. Yeah. But I fine. guess just like, um, I mean, you bloody, you went out and bought it from, what do you say? Sanity or something back in, Back in 01. Yeah. Um, Some archaic place that <laughs> hey, we still, doesn't exist anymore. No, there's a there's a sanity in, I think, in Morley or something. Get out of good here. Old, no. yeah, good old Morley, where the last... Is it a, is it a, mu- is it a museum? Is, it, is no, there a blockbuster there too? It must be. The second... A civic. You know what? Speaking of Morley, <laughs> the second last blockbuster on this planet was in Morley, Perth. Mm. Western Australia. All right, we have that. But then they, then they, then they shut. So the last one's in Oregon. But you know, Sanity's still around, and, they, mm. and they've got that at Morley as well. So Morley's got some stuff going for it. Maybe all that, or they should get with the times. Um, Shout <laughs> out to Morley. Anyway, what, was to I, Morley. what was I saying? Much like a, much like a horror movie. You know, like the music is usually mm. used, and I'm talking like a generic horror movie. The music is used to yeah. basically tell you how you meant to feel. Are you meant to be scared? Yeah. Are you meant to be having fun at this moment? That's what the music does in this yeah. movie as well. It's like, oh, we're running, we're scared. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, oh, okay, we're meant to be in awe. So we're, the music's telling us to feel that way. It's very simple. Yeah. It's fine. It works. It's not. It's not shit. Mm. It's. It does work, and it, mm. and it's you know it's nice music, and it's all good, and you've got the Williams yeah. incorporation in there, which is fine. But it is just yeah. utilized in a very simple, simple manner. Mm. There's one song. Yeah. That I want to point out just because, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's I don't know. Yep. I feel like, yeah, well, someone was clever with this song choice. Um, it's a Randy Newman song, yes, Big Hat, No Cattle, mm. which you get when um, Grant and Billy, Big uh, Hat, No Cattle, cattle. yeah, yeah when, they're, when they're meeting with <laughs> that, probably won't be in sync because we're on the internet and mm. uh, nothing ever is sync. So if that didn't sound right, blame Zoom, blame Zoom. Um, it's, yeah, they're meeting with the Kirby's, <laughs> but this song, um, what's funny is that like. The song is about basically someone being all liar. talk. Yeah, basically being a liar. They're, mm. they're, they're all talk, mm. but they're not going to be able to deliver on what they're doing. Yeah. Big hat, yeah. no cattle. And then yeah. basically yeah. as as Paul Kirby is telling Dr. Grant that he can sign this check, mm. with whatever number he wants to put on there, the lyrics yeah. of the song is like, lies, lies, lies. Like literally as the scene yeah. fades out and cuts. Like that's, yeah. and I'm like, okay, cool. I just want to mention that it's a, I don't know. It's a, I got to give, so this movie, I, give this movie a bone. Like they. <laughs> <laughs> I um. So that, that little, that little factor, factoid that you were mentioning now, I wasn't aware of that at all until I was researching for this episode. I didn't know. I knew I recognize Randy Newman and that song sticks out. And I understand the premise of it, but I did not really think about its connection to what's happening on screen and and the interactions with the characters. Now that I've read that, I'm like, oh, look at you with a little bit of clever depth that we didn't didn't even like, didn't even know, didn't appreciate until now. And I was like, yeah, you cheeky little buggers. Good on you. Good on you. Speaking of um, good choice. Speaking of uh, that scene, money and uh, being hungry, Mm. Dr. Grant, (laughs) Sam Neill is back. Discuss. (laughs) Discuss. <laughs> so he's, he's my idea is his his um Sam Neill's performance is like he's a disenfranchised, a bit older, a bit like more tired. Is what tired is really what I would take from it, but not in a 
Sam Neill phoning it in a way, more in a, no, Alan Grant is just, he's over it. You know, nothing's really changed. It looks like he doesn't have his partner anymore. And he's always, like, the funding hasn't, the whole world's moved on from him and Jurassic Park and all of that, even though everyone wants to hound him about it. But he's still got the same old issues, like technology doesn't like it. He's still dire need of funding for his dig. Just doesn't seem to end for the poor bloke. He's just, he has to run away from dinosaurs 20 years earlier or whatever it was. And no, it wasn't that much. It was only, <laughs> yeah, like, it doesn't matter. But, but yeah, the poor bloke, he's just, he can't catch a break. He's just, so, like eight years? Just, he's just, he's just, he's just tired and he's over it. Yeah. And maybe it's just a little bit out of touch with things as well. And yeah, maybe things, maybe the world's just kind of moved on without him a little bit. That's what I was, that's where I really got from his portrayal anyway. It's like his, so, um, what he was dealing with in, in that first film. And again, like it is great mm-hmm. to have Sam Neill back in a Jurassic film, yeah. coming face face with Dom. I mean, that's take everything else aside. It's like it, it is, it is good. Um, mm. But yeah, what he dealt with in that first Jurassic film, you know, it was sort of like he's a man who likes to dig up bones. That's his passion. It's his, it's his craft. It's his yeah. career. All that kind of stuff. Then he's mm. put in a situation where you know technology has created, brought back to life these creatures is things that he's studying basically negating his field mm. you know like his whole purpose yeah. it's the whole thing with him you know dealing with the computer at the start of the film all that kind of stuff like that kind of issue and then there's the thing with the kids mm. and all that his relationship with, yeah. with ellie there which doesn't seem like it's going downhill at the end of the movie but you know it seems like a happy ending jump forward mm. eight years or whatever it is to to this movie and he's I mean, that's the situation he's in. He's still doing his thing, digging and stuff. But I guess, you know, there's the there's the stuff with like the 3D printing of the uh, the resonating chamber yeah. of the Velociraptor. Um, mm. You know, he's still having that conflict with um, with technology. He refers to these creatures, you know, these these dinosaurs on these islands as park monsters. Park monsters, right? Where mm. you know, like even even when he was in Jurassic Park. And dealing, you know, like coming face to face with like the Brachiosaurus, you know, he he told Lex, he said, you know, like they're just animals, mm. they're not monsters. Mm. He still believed they were they were animals, but now he has this view yeah. of, you know, they're monsters there, and they're not. I guess that's also addressing like they're not scientifically accurate. He has no interest in in, yeah. in um, mm. learning from them. Next minute, he's on the yeah. island and he's he's trying to learn from mm. the Velociraptors. So I mean, he's his character's yeah. a little bit all over the place kind of yeah. thing but i guess consistency he's he's still poor he's <laughs> he's still after money for his dig there's an issue with funding for yeah. you know paleontologists mm. and stuff like that nothing's really changed in his life that much over the past eight years mm. and he has this whole shadow of Jurassic park and stuff lingering yeah. over him that's all people really care about and he just mm. wants to do his research mm. that's it just wants to keep Keep digging up bones. But he's, you know, there's a bit of consistency across the franchise here. The same thing happened to Ian Malcolm in number two. Yeah, that's right. Was they, they, you can tell they're affected by their experiences and the rest of the world doesn't seem to care. Mm. <laughs> like they, They've become... The rest of the world either keeps on going or they want to use them and get more information mm. from them or like, and all that stuff. But they don't really, like, yeah, Ian, Ian Malcolm in the second one, like he's noticeably different and darker and broodier, whereas in the first movie he was kind of bubbly and well, weird and... With Malcolm mm-hmm. in the Lost World, like he had, he was dealing with, you know, obviously like no one believed him. Um, the island yeah. wasn't exposed, all of that. It was all kept still hush hush. Um, and he was yeah. trying to, you know, he wanted 
to to share that with everyone. Whereas if now with with Doctor Grant, like in this movie, he's he's in a world where you know because of the San Diego incident, everybody knows about the islands and the dinosaurs and all that kind of stuff. So mm. he's in a different sort of yeah. position. Um, mm. But again, like they're still very cynical of the experience, and they've become yeah. a little bit grizzled, and so he's uh, yeah he's there. And I guess I mean. Well, I mean, Eric, Eric says it where he says, you know, like I read both your books. Um, I liked the first one because that's when you actually liked dinosaurs. And that's when he yeah. goes, well, that was before they tried to bloody eat me. So, <laughs> yeah, like he's got, you know, it kind of paves the way out there. And I don't yeah. think Sam they made it personal. They made in. it personal. <laughs> yeah. But you yeah. mentioned it, throwing so, the element of, um, you know, like his relationship with Ellie, obviously, you know, yeah. breaking down. And, you know, what does it come down to? Maybe it was she wanted a family and he still wasn't quite there. It wasn't. Yeah, or, 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 yeah, you know, or whatnot. He even mentioned, you know, like mm. last of my breed, pointing out the fact, like, yep, yeah, I never had kids, yeah, uh, didn't happen, yeah. But um, it is good to have um, you know, Laura Dern back as as Ellie Sattler, yeah. or I guess Ellie Degler, What's in this film with, Degler. Uh, with <laughs> husband Mark. I wonder, I wonder what I, I'm very interested to see what they do in Dominion and with her, um. And if she's back as Ali Settler or not, you know, like it's just going to be interesting to see what that. Yeah. Anyway, continue. Um, I just want to know if uh, yeah, they're, they're, they've got their is Mark mm. is Mark back? Is he still there? Will Charlie be? Will Charlie be? Be great. Charlie would be like fifteen <laughs> years old now. It'd be great. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's so much, so much potential there. We're not talking about that movie though. We're talking about this one. Yeah, it is good to see um, Laura Dern back. I, I must admit, when I first when she came on, I was a little bit disappointed that they weren't together. Um, but then it was just nice to have her there, and then have her there at the end, like you know, like yeah. that scene when they're um, he's trying to call her, and like you you just get a little bit of yeah, just a little bit of connection to the the original movie, and I liked it. She yeah. Laura Dern's performance pretty much is identical to what I thought it was in the original. So um, she's kind of the same person. Still I mean, in control, still confident. Still, there's not, yeah. there's not enough there to do too much with her and let her do anything more mm. than than what's in this. Yeah. But it's, it's fine. It's not like she's suddenly now like a hippie or something crazy. Like she's, just, I don't know. but I think yeah, they, yeah. they they still put a focus on their relationship. Whether it, you know, obviously now it's not romantic, but there's still obviously a strong connection between the two. Um, and you know, yeah, they express that in like they can. You know, Grant can depend on her for for anything, for anything, even if it's mm. um, getting him off this crazy island. The military. Yeah. Well, they yeah. you know they throw in you know, old they... Mark Degler. Oh, what do you do, Mark? Like, oh, you know, uh, international relations. You know, work for the State mm. Department. That's all. You know, okay, just throw that in there. Yeah. We might use that information later. Uh, <laughs> almost certainly will. Um, the uh, one thing I really liked was just that conversation over their dinner table about the sounds that. Um, that you know, the Raptors make and like they have that just a little mutual moment of like, yeah, it's a traumatic experience they both shared. Um, and then obviously, uh, Alan moves on to talk about the vocalizations of the Raptors and stuff, yeah. so it changes, it immediately flips into you know, new territory and stuff. But you have that one little moment of just that, oh, just that reflection of what their experiences were. And I just like that little bit of that little exchange, I like that, yeah. See, that so. that scene had the potential to be like the equivalent of the lunch scene in Jurassic Park, you know, where they're just sitting around talking yeah. theorizing mm. having a discussion about yeah. things you know talking about their past experience it could have been something but because this is a 90 minute movie where it's just like we need some quick rapid scenes to introduce you to our characters or reintroduce you mm. um, and then see where we're at it was it's a two minute scene yeah. like it 
come and go and, it, and that's where you're dropping in the stuff about mm. the, the raptor intelligence and all that kind of it's just okay it's it's fine yeah but you get that cool scene yeah. Yeah. that cool line from the trailer which is they were smarter than primates <laughs> like cool yeah <laughs> But rightfully, I guess maybe you know, with the franchise continuing, they don't really ever come back to it, you know. Like, so I guess I guess the franchise has kind of abandoned the premise of just how smart they really are. Because no, I think they're more I mean, being portrayed. The Raptors are now more being portrayed as more pets, really, if anything. Or you know what I mean? Or colleagues. Do you know well, what I mean? It's still, it's still. I mean, I guess you, you're we're talking about like the intelligence of wild raptors. Whereas I guess the, mm. the raptors that we're dealing with in the Jurassic World films are domesticated. Are like, I guess domesticated. Well, like, no. well, they're they're, they're, they're trained. Bred, they're bred in captivity and mm. trained from you know infancy. So yeah. a bit different, bit, bit different. Yeah. But it all you know, there's still mm. an intelligence thing. There. I mean, Owen literally mm. has a conversation with Blue, and she knows what the hell he's saying. That's ridiculous. It's crazy. Mm. So I guess they're pretty smart. What I want to talk about is um, speaking of raptors. Yeah. The infamous, yeah. the infamous Alan <laughs> scene. Alan scene. So oh on the God. plane, on the way to, yeah. on the way to Isla Sauna, the luscious green mm-hmm. Isla Sauna, um, Dr. Grant falls asleep <laughs> and he, he mm. wakes up to this dream sequence of this raptor mm. awkwardly holding the, like, <laughs> the seat in front of him, <laughs> turning to him being like, like a puppy. Alan. Alan. And it's Alan. ridiculous. Oh, it is ridiculous. How do you? I want to know. How do you feel about the scene? And then I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you something, and hopefully it blows your mind. So how do you feel about okay. it? Okay. So I've just written one little note next to the topic, which you've just called Alan, and I've just written. Ugh. <laughs> so that's really my reaction. How did you, is, how did you spell that? U G H. Full stop. That was very good. So um, I do have a question here, though. I don't know how Grant knew about the raptors with spine um, spines on their head. Because that raptor has got little spines that are wiggling as it goes, Alan. So I was a little bit confused about that in retrospect when looking back, going, he shouldn't have known what they look yeah, like. Yeah, it doesn't. But doesn't anyway. Yeah, because that design Although, change, that design change is, well, that's the male raptors, mm. which is fine because yes. it's like, okay, different. And obviously, as, they, as they're breeding, they're obviously changing. The DNA obviously mm. isn't as stable. There's heaps of logical reasons why they're changing. Other than hey, we just wanted to update the design for this movie to make it more scientifically accurate for some reason. Okay, sure. Because <laughs> everybody's saying that they should have feathers, I was like, no, but still, it's just, it's just like we're also going to throw on a line about them being theme park monsters, just so we can get away with that too. They look yeah. they look one hundred percent different from the ones we saw in the Lost World, which only came out four years earlier. I've read that you know it's a bloody big island. They could very well have two subspaces. Who knows? Oh, um, anyway, I'm going to blow, blow my mind. Blow my mind. Yep. Tell me what okay. you got. Okay. So remember, you know how the, there's the whole thing um, mm. where dinosaurs turn to birds kind of thing. Mm. Yeah. First movie. I'm aware. Um, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so so moments earlier. Okay. So Grant's sitting on this plane and there's this, mm. there's this raptor, this dinosaur saying his name, mm. Alan. Alan. Mm-hmm. Only moments earlier. In, in the mm. Degler kitchen, he's talking to the, the bird in the cage. And what's he saying? Right. Is my name Alan? Is Alan. my name Alan? So he's Alan. telling this bird, is yeah. my name Alan? Is my name Alan? That's mm. a bird. And then he sees this in his vision, this dinosaur saying his it's name talk- Alan. This is mm. the smartest thing this movie has. 
this is if it. it's intentional. If it's intentional, I no, I think it is. I think it is. I think this is the smartest thing this movie has to offer. You don't think it's just a you just don't think it's a play on nah, I, um, them I communicating think... and talking to each other. No, I like to think that. that. No, I like to think this is this is a it's someone clever. in the it's writing just... team was like, "Hey, let's mm. let's do this. This is smart." And it is. Yeah. I like it's it. Like, yeah. It's, oh, okay. it's the only thing that gives that. this scene credibility and um any logic to it. Otherwise, <laughs> why the hell is this scene in the movie? It's ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> Otherwise. I'm I'm going to I'm going to stick with it. I've got a newfound respect for the potential cleverness of the writing uh writers for that. But we, uh, I guess we will never know. Um, I, haven't, I haven't read anything definitive. I've never had anything explained. I just like to, to think, that. I like to think that's what it is because I think that's brilliant. So don't ruin mm. it for me. And hopefully your mind is blown. You don't sound too impressed, but um, I'm going to assume. No, no, I do. Look, I, I'm thinking about it. So it does, it completely <laughs> makes sense. So I'm, I'm, I'm respecting that. I think it, it sounds good. It sounds good. Awesome. Mind blown. Done. What are the things in this movie that, um, that does gripe me a little bit? Now we're talking, I mean, we've already mm. mentioned it. 90 minutes it's very fast it's very quick but in all of the commotion and you know the adventure and the run from dinosaurs mm. there's a whole lot of just random unnecessary mysteries that are thrown in there things that just Absolutely. aren't answered there's a lot of assumptions you got to make to fill in the gaps um mm-hmm. whether they were setting up future movies and you you mentioned mm. like retconning stuff later on so maybe there's some, yeah. some answers to these but like the opening scene with the with the boat being attacked, what attacked the boat? Mm. I don't know. Like I'm a, I'm a dinosaur, I guess. <laughs> but but what dinosaur to, and why? Well, well, I thought originally when I watched it, like when I was younger, I thought they were referring to being the Spinosaurus, but it just wouldn't happen. Let's just it's a speeding boat. It's just flying past what the Spinosaurus is kind of. Like it, it, it just couldn't have happened that way. Um, so then I heard that it might be the Tyrannodons that have done it. Um, but then you've also got the subplot of them being trapped in an aviary. But then you've also got Lost World with a Tyrannodon that's kind of loose. So it's like, what really happened? We'd never get told. I just want to flip the We'd table just thinking about it. It's crazy. Just go. Eh. I, I, I would like to think that um, the aviary is just one cohort of Tyrannodons, but there are others who are, are actually free on the island. That's what I'd like to think. But again, but they just like, happened to stumble on an aviary and, and what they were contained in when they were being raised. It's these so, assumptions. Um, of, uh, we have to come up with answers to like yeah, yes. to fill in these. And the, re- the reason why I would also fly, fly it that way is when they're in the birdcage, we, and we'll talk more about that later, but you do see human bones, which means they had to have eaten something or somebody outside brought them in. But, like if Eric picks up a skull and throws it at the baby things. Yeah, true. It's, true. A, it's, a, it's a human. They, they, they've got that human from somewhere. Where the heck did that come from? So, I don't know. Unless um, some other humans went in there. Some leftover oh, leftover in-gen workers. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. maybe. Anyway, I'm just saying, I, I reckon um, the Tyrannodons either can come and go from that aviary, but that's where they nest, and that's kind of a thing. I don't, there's no point to the closed door. Or there's multiple like different subspeed, like sub-areas with Tyrannodons, and that was them that killed that killed the the uh, Diego or whatever his name was on the boat. It wasn't Diego? It was something else. Anyway, <laughs> unnamed guy. What's, what's his other mystery we got right. here? Why did Paul know Billy? I know the answer to this. Do you know? I, I assume they contacted like the someone yeah. at the dig site and was like they spoke to Billy, and Billy was sort of in on it, or at least mm. knew. Hey, this is an opportunity to get to Isla Sauna so I can cause a little bit of mischief, make some money. Make some I don't money. think. 
I don't I don't think what Billy had any negative intentions at all. I think what Billy Billy is connected to Paul because Billy's just spent all that money on a 3D printer. And so he's jumped at the idea of having a risk rich investor pay them to go do something. Right. Yeah. I don't think he ever intended on getting to the island. I think he genuinely I've read some fan theories saying that he might have been in kind of coots with them. Um, but no, I think genuinely he's just Yeah, he, I like to he's an adventure he's an adventurer and these guys came to him saying, we've got money. And he's like, Fuck, I've just spent all of our money on yeah. a printer. Yeah, I like This is a good think, opportunity to fix it. I like to think that it's just yeah. like, yeah, mm. Paul Kirby had contact to, or at least spoken to Billy beforehand in regards to getting in contact with Dr. Grant and offering yeah. him this opportunity to get there. And Billy was like, I can use this opportunity mm. for financial reasons to help the yeah. dig side or whatever, you know, whatever, you know, it's for. Yeah. So I don't think, yeah, again, mm. no ill intention. It's just the way it's staged. Yeah. It's just like unnecessarily mysterious, and it doesn't need to be. Yeah. And it and it, it paints yeah. Billy in this dodgy light. Where I mean, obviously, you find out a little bit later, but that mm. just premeditated choices. Um, the discussions yeah. that Grant and Billy have on the island regarding InGen's list, um, and yes. you know what we're InGen up to. They're talking about the Spinosaurus mm. not being on InGen's list, and you know, obviously, they're referring to. Mm-hmm. I don't know when or what they're actually referring to in regards to what InGen were up to mm. or when. Were they talking about originally mm. or were they talking about when they were working on Isla Sauna or were they talking about mm. when they, you know, the whole, the events of the Lost World? What were they referring yeah. to then and what's the list? That InGen's list. I just feel like um, they, I, I thought it would just kind of be, it's like a, at the end of when it all went down and then there's all the court cases and all that, it would have just been part of the evidence of what the heck did you make when you were out there? And so it would have just been part of the conversation. I read that you can, so this is where some of the retcon comes in, um, but there's potential that the Spino was never actually bred as a Spino, but it could have been mistaken as a Suchomimus or Baryonyx because they are very similar. And there is only one. And it was, so when it was an infant, it looked like, because they it didn't grow it doesn't grow at sale until adult adulthood, so it could have been mistaken as a different species, which is why it doesn't exist on the list. Yeah, and then they've closed it all. It just so happened to be closed, like they're closing the facility, all that. Now the retconning comes in the official stuff. The Dino Protection Group website, which was part of the marketing campaign for Fallen Kingdom, they've got uh, content on that website that talks about in 1999, in, um, Ingen went back and illegally cloned four new species. Is Ankylosaurus, uh, Coriothosaurus, Ceratosaurus, and Spinosaurus. So that's, I think, um, Universal's way of basically going. InGen basically went back between the two two movies, yeah, and created a new dinosaur. It doesn't make sense to me, but that's apparently what contents on the website. So, so be it. I guess that's what Universal wants to say. Well, it's, it's interesting. Well, that's and why, that's, yeah, and I've heard I've heard that before, and, and I mean, like going to our website and all that. Um, and it kind of, mm. kind of ties into, you know, like when Grant's doing his like little seminar thing and there's that one yeah. that one guy in the audience and, you know, he's asking that question mm. and he's talking about he's a sauna and, you know, he's asking mm. or he's suggesting he's like when when InGen and the Costa Rican government work, uh, you know, figure out how to handle the second island, you know, like mm. they'll, he's talking about scientists would have gone in and look for themselves. Obviously, he's like, once they come up with, they're going to use the island for something, mm. flash forward yeah. and that's like, you know, we've got this working operational for a while, you know, 
theme park like it, it's all dinosaur park it's all it's all happening if you go back mm. to you know in the lost world they're talking about um you know how ingen's trying to come up with a way to to be bailed out you know financially um you know they need mm. some sort of solution it all kind of ties yeah. in but again it's just in this movie there's mm. just so much in terms of like there's this mystery and they're just they're not mm. it's like they're setting up for something but then we never get this clear answer until yeah until through this like viral marketing stuff that yeah they're giving out all these easy answers and it's like well okay i guess that's is it official do we treat it as official i mean i'm i'm going to treat that part what i just said as official because it's part of the campaign that they use to market fallen kingdom so i'm like they clearly are trying to go in a direction or at least trying to uh, <laughs> at least explain away just the confusion so people stop focusing on it. But to <laughs> yeah. me, it's not a good enough explanation because it doesn't quite make sense. Like while they go back to a island they shut down to keep on cloning four new species, it doesn't make any sense to me. But anyway. So like the, facilities are, the facilities are there. They want, a, they want a new ones. Um, the Spinosaurus, mm. well, I mean, like whilst on the topic, why mm. was it so set on stalking the humans? Was it literally like because they're, de- they're delicious? That's why. Was it was it like, hey, I've got your phone. I'm trying to return it. Like, <laughs> like what? Uh, <laughs> well, that was after. Yeah, well, yeah, I don't know. No, I think Except for just, the purposes um, of to... having more moments with the Spinosaurus and you know with the humans mm. being chased by it. Like, why was why was it such a stalker? Why was it constantly chasing? Mm. And I mean, was it literally pissed off that the that their plane like? hit its fin and caused it to bleed was that it is that a good enough reason i'm pissed I'm that perhaps it's, there was two <laughs> i read that perhaps there was two spinosaurus the plane actually killed the first one and this the uh the, se- the second spinosaurus was chasing it so i've read i've read many things ultimately i just think that they were in the wrong place at the wrong time you know and they're just in its territory and they're just three times <laughs> they're getting to the edge of its territory and then yeah why not maybe i mean i guess the, the second them, time they they ran towards it because they heard the phone yeah but still yeah. this means they were close mm-hmm. on that giant island they were close and the third time it's like i mean they they tried to like they locked themselves in the building and climbed down but the river was down there so maybe the thing was like hmm and kind of walked around and got to the river <laughs> and then they just happened to go past in the boat it's like oh no you're again Food again, yeah. yeah. So, who knows? Either that, or there's just so many spinosauruses on there that there's a there's actually six. There's it. six spinosauruses. Spinosaurus. Six, six of the blade things. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and I guess like this last mystery, which I think again yeah. has been answered in in like like uh, viral mark, mm. like the website and stuff like these days. Mm. But um, what happened to the tyrannodons that escaped at the end of the movie? You know, oh, dinosaurs are off the island. Well, I wrote down something here, Jason. It's 207 miles west of Costa Rica. They would have had to have flown 207 miles to get anywhere. I think they just fell into the ocean and disappeared. That's just, what I think. They happened. just died. Just, oh, just how lucky. How can 207 miles is a long way to fly. So look, we can assume we can assume that happened, or we can just say, hey, look, <laughs> the, the Marines and the Navy were there. They just gun them. They just gun them down. They just gun them down. Yeah. They dead. Or yeah. if um, if you refer to you know some of the the website material um, for these mm. newer movies, um, InGen were actually involved in wrangling them, wrangling them in, and then sorting that out and shutting that shit down. Right. 
before it became shut it down. Apparently, uh, what's his name? Um, Vincent D'Onofrio's character in um, Jurassic World. Apparently, yeah. he was involved in a team that that uh, sorted them oh. out or something. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But again, yeah. it's another right. one of these like, hey, where is that leading? Oh, it's, uh, looks mm. going to be the next Jurassic movie. Yeah, maybe oh, finally God. dinosaurs will be off the island. No, we're going to wait two more movies until we get that. <laughs> still, still better. But we're getting it, Jason. We're getting it was it. right there. Um, Why did they need to? Anyway. Because they didn't have a finished script, Jason. They didn't have a finished script. <laughs> they were winging it. Um, they were winging it. Hi, I'm Luke. And I'm Jason. And we are the guys from Nut Film Stew. Do you like movie reviews and want to keep up to date with the latest in movie and TV news? Then Nut Film Stew is the podcast for you. Join us every two weeks for some good times, laughs and firm opinions on the things we love. That's right. There's a new podcast released every two weeks on iTunes and SoundCloud. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram as That Film Stew Podcast. That Film Stew Podcast. Listen, comment, follow, share. You know, let's talk. We've already mentioned the Spinosaurus a few times. You know, we haven't actually yeah. addressed the fact that this franchise, even in the bloody logo, has replaced mm. the T-Rex. But they couldn't yeah. just they couldn't just be like, hey, we're just gonna focus on this new dinosaur in this movie. We're actually gonna we're actually gonna show you the Spinosaurus taking down the T-Rex and showing you that it means business. So we get this. I admit it's pretty epic. This this fight between the T-Rex <laughs> and the Spinosaurus. Mm. Yeah. It's a good looking fight. It's pretty fun, you know. It's pretty well done. Yeah. But it, it's always I mean, heartbreaking. It's, 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 it's heartbreaking seeing it's quick. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is because you are, you know, I, you know, you just, you know, we've got, I think we've all got a soft spot for the T-Rex. And in the trailers, I remember, you know, you know, Grant moves the ferns and there's a dead dinosaur there and the T-Rex pops up and he goes, nobody move a muscle. They don't actually show the fight between the Spinosaurus and the T-Rex in the in the marketing very I don't think it's very clear. So you think I think well I walked into this movie thinking I was going to get more T-Rex. But no. <laughs> we get no T-Rex. We get we get 30 seconds of T-Rex and then he gets killed and it's bloody done and I'm ah it upsets me because I have a big I like the T-Rex from the original and I am um, and from Lost World. So I was very sad that this Spinosaurus just came in as an upstart up you know usurper and just destroyed him. I got some um Bring some info here about the animatronic quickly, just so you know, um, for the Spino. So it was it was twenty five feet. It was I was I'll talk in American things, okay? Twenty five <laughs> feet high, forty foot long. Um, it weighed uh, twenty four thousand pounds. That's like seven and a half meters high, twelve <laughs> meters like, long. That's um, a lot of subways. <laughs> like it's like, <laughs> and it's like ten tons. Now, uh, when they were doing the fight scene, the so they used the um the the buck. T-Rex from the Lost World as like the animatronic and the bloody Spinosaurus, it was just so big. When it does the neck bite, it actually, yeah, just completely ripped the freaking head off the um the T-Rex puppet. Um, and that's that's that 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 shot where you've got the spino kind of like sitting on top of the T-Rex's head and then roaring. That was that was the dead puppet <laughs> that, oh that had God. been like you know destroyed. Uh, so, you're, it's um, more heartbreaking. Like it's, it's, I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> But apparently, so I've read um, some random commentator that was like in 2014, some doctor, paleontologist said, in real life, the T-Rex actually has got a bite force that could be up to technically 23 metric tons like bite force. It would have just, that first bite would have killed the spino like straight up. So, <laughs> so, so it's fictional. 
whatever. Theme park um, monsters, despite, nothing more, nothing less. Theme park monsters, <laughs> that's right. Um, apparently the shot of the Spino, um, just because we're talking about the Spinosaurus as well as that fight, but you know when he's standing behind them and the phone's ringing? Yeah, it was actually Stan Winston. So Stan Winston, the guru, that was his favourite shot of, of all because he? he just thought it had that, that that horror movie theme behind it all. But, yeah. Um, Good looking shot. Spino, Spino is actually only on screen for three minutes of the whole movie, but it's a short movie anyway. So What? No, <laughs> it's longer than that. Surely. That's what that's what I read on the IMDb trivia. So that is that is gospel. Thank you very much, Jason. What did you think about the fight? Just out of curiosity. So you, you feel like crying and dying inside a little bit. Nah, not really. Yeah. Like it's it's fun. It is what it is. And it's fun. We get T Rexes throughout the rest of the, the franchise. It, it's it's all good. It's all good. Yeah. Um but I gotta say, you know, like in this movie, you know how like we make it such a big deal, like mm. we talked about like the sound effects of the mm. dinosaurs and, and all that, like the vocals. Yeah. In this movie, obviously we're getting mm. these new sounds from like the Spinosaurus. Gotta say, yeah. when you know, when when the T-Rex pops its head up. And you hear those familiar mm. T Rex sounds, like yeah. I always love them. I'm just like, mm. like that mm. that lion's roar and like the, the elephant. Like, you hear the elephant yeah. as well. Just that like, iconic yeah. T Rex, mm. Jurassic T Rex sound. I'm just, like, I love it. And then gone. But it always sounds good every time I, every time I um. So yeah, and it, you know, it's, it's great seeing a T Rex pretty much step on Doctor Grant. In between two Although branches and him, him screaming, pretty... I don't remember Doctor, you know, Samuel screaming in Jurassic Park at all, ever. Well, that, that whole sequence is so it's just chaos. Yeah, <laughs> you get that because it runs straight up from the, the plane crash, the plane attack. They run out, they run into the bushes, um, and then they think they're safe. And then a T Rex is there. They run back. There's a Spinosaurus. Uh, fight, and then they keep on running. <laughs> oh, no, then, 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 then it cuts to thing you know, getting punched in the face or something like that. So yeah, we've got some explaining to do, Mister Kirby. Um, but let's mm. talk about let's talk about that plane crash then, and 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 all that. And I guess mm. we'll start with you know Cooper and and Nash. These, I mean, these, oh, yeah. these yeah. are our quick victims. And I remember like these... the first time I watched this movie, and it was like, man, this movie gets straight into you know. There's always that. You know, we had mm. the, the T-Rex paddock scene in Jurassic Park. We had the, the trailers yeah. being attacked. But the, mm. this was this oh, was God, this movie's yeah. that, you know, like the Spinosaurus attacking the plane. Mm. Um, mm. But, you know, we've got Cooper running out of the, the jungle. Mm. <laughs> Stop the plane. Mm. You know, his arm's been like, he's been injured. Yeah. He gets taken mm. out. Nash gets ripped out of the yeah. plane. Help me. <laughs> you know, like, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Quick, fast, two yeah. deaths straight yeah. up. No yep. stopping. No stopping. Who are Gun these guys? Who are these guys? These, these. Yeah. Where are they working? Yeah. They they work at this like junkyard of like, plane. This plane graveyard. No, 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 they know. They know. They know it through the, the, their church, the uh, Kirby's church. <laughs> That's how they know. It. So uh, through a church. Um, yeah. But uh, but they're, yeah, I mean they 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 fodder really. They're food. They're, they're tasty. They're delicious. Um, and that's really that's that's the purpose that they serve. They uh, Nash serves the purpose of holding onto a phone, and then it being digested at some point. And Cooper <laughs> just serves the purpose of it, you know just having that amazing shot of the spino coming out of the bush and just grabbing him, and then the plane <laughs> hitting him and crashing. Yeah, that's a great sequence. And I didn't expect it in those cinemas. Like I tell you, like I was like, whoa, what the hell's going on? This is amazing. Yeah, 
And that whole sequence of the plane crash and then the Spino attacking it, oh, I love it. It was all good. It was all great. Really, I can't remember the um, – I read this one years ago. Was like, I think they mm. – like filming that sequence where they're in like, you know, like the, the body of the plane and it's just getting like mm. tossed around. Apparently the actors were in that for – I think it was, cl- it was like close yeah. to like seven days or something, just rolling around. <laughs> Rolling and rolling around, being told like they were actually in this thing. Apparently, and, were... and it self compresses and stuff, and so all that window breaking and stuff like that's all yeah, it's all pneumatic. Um, but yeah, they, I, I remember watching the uh, special features, and it was yeah, they were in there for a while. Um, apparently, the uh, you know the, the snapping jaws of the spino as it smashes smashes through the fuselage, but it tries to like nip them a little bit. Um, <laughs> nip them. That apparently was they they had I think they said they had four or five fuselages. And so they had four or five attempts to do that, like as it smashes in. Um, and they got it on the third. And the guy, the uh, puppeteer who was kind of responsible for coordinating the uh, Spino's head was like <laughs> freaking out. But apparently um, uh, Stan Winston gave him all the, like, you've got this buddy and he got it done on the third take. So, but they apparently say- yeah, had four different f- fuselages to destroy. So- you know how we always, you know, we always love, um, you know, like the practical, the practical, mm. like whether it's the animatronics or, just whatever in in these yeah. especially these these films just the way that the Jurassic movies often blend the cgi with the practical to really utilize both tools in a good way yeah as much as i do like seeing you know the the, the physical you know puppets here mm. being used there's a lot of shots in this that i mm. kind of wish they had gone with the cgi because okay. I gotta say, like yeah. practical isn't always best. I mean, when, use it mm. when you can, if you can, of course. Like, because when something's real, it's mm. tangible. You can feel it, touch it. That makes it real. Yeah. And CGI can look overdone if if not done perfectly, pretty much. Mm. Even yeah. with the like the Spinosaurus head going into the into the plane body and then pulling out Nash, you know, like mm. it it looks mm. good because it's like it's there. But then there's some mm. shots where you've got like the whole body and the head yeah. and just the way that the, the Spinosaurus is moving. I'm like, it's just not as fluid just, and as yeah. well done as that T-Rex from that first film. It just, yeah. I'm like, maybe they so should the, have used more CGI in that. Yeah, yeah. I think it needed. Then again, some of the CGI, it looks like it's from The Mummy Returns. It looks like, yeah, it's not oh, that great. Come on, it's but, not um, that bad. It's not that bad. There is a, I think it's all the, the textures of the skin look a bit yeah. Weird. There's a bit like of lighting issue like with, with a bit of the CGI in this movie, but it's not. It's not that bad. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, but yeah. They, they the, made them, go, all the dinosaurs look the, a bit more colourful. Yeah, they definitely did. Um, the Spinosaurus animatronic, though, like you know, I told you the size of it, but yeah. just to reiterate, that was the largest one ever built, so it was much more um, bulkier. So the movements were a lot harder, but it was completely waterproof, which is why um, they managed to do the water, the river scene. So, right. Yeah. Um, but but um yeah but yeah it's definitely a slower <laughs> slower bulkier one to learn from their the mistakes previously from their mistakes yeah let's talk got? about the Let's um see. the biggest character in this movie that goddamn satellite phone that's it Kirby's paint tile plus yeah that's the one the goddamn satellite phone so I mean that ringtone I'm gonna ask you did you ever did you ever use that as your ringtone on a phone on a mobile device ever <laughs> tell the truth um, I, no i didn't no, all right so i um i, I didn't even know um, that it was possible um, to do it did I you have it did you yeah you can you can, you can download it all yeah all the time 
I don't know if you time now I'm ashamed. Anyway, so I, yeah, um, it's just... I had a I had a I had a raptor scream as a message like message tone once, but anyway, so I mean this this yeah. jingle is pretty annoying, but it's you know it's throughout the movie mm. and it's one that we'll never forget. Um, and I guess it leads to a scene with dinosaur poo because it's not a Jurassic movie without Jurassic poo. Dinosaur poo, <laughs> Jurassic poo. Um, absolutely. Um, and we see we see a Ceratosaurus. I think that's how you pronounce it. Yeah. Um, first appearance. Which is a uh, first appearance. Only appearance it's, in this um, movie. <laughs> does appear does appear in uh, Dominion again, though. Not Dominion, um, Fallen Kingdom, though. Yeah. But um, no, 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 sorry. I don't know if it does. I think it does. Anyway. I think you see everything um, in Fallen. That's that bloody volcano rampage mm-hmm. scene. Yeah, um, right. But you know, dinosaur so, poop. Fun fact here: two hundred and fifty gallons of oatmeal. Good times. Mm. <laughs> Steaming oatmeal. Mm-mm-mm. This isn't. This is a weird scene. And again, like a callback to. I think it's a callback to Jurassic mm. Park, right? Laura Dern has a hands mm. in the Triceratops poo. The humor, the humor mm-hmm. in that scene, comes from mm. you know the Even commentary not. from from. Ian Malcolm, you know, he says like, yeah. you know, don't forget to watch eating thing. You're um, she's tenacious, yeah. you know. Grant's tenacious, yeah. You have no idea, no idea. That's that's yeah. that's funny. These characters interacting, mm. it's like these witty little comments. Mm. This scene though, yeah, they're pulling out. It's like a fun box, Sunny's, yeah. A bone a watch. that looks like a yeah, cartoon right. bone. <laughs> yeah, um, and it goes. It actually makes watch. a pop sound when it comes out, like. Whoop. Like it's like, like oh, it's like they're, they're like slapsticking it, you know. And then the, and then the Ceratosaurus like almost mm. like looks at them, sniffs it, and goes, "Oh, you guys stank! I ain't gonna eat you. See you later." Yeah. yeah. Like goes ew, and, like, and then like walks off. Like okay, that, that do, dinosaur's a cartoon character. Awesome. So I tell you what, though, I I kind of it's that scene, that tone, because this movie's tones is all over the shop. But that's so. Joe Johnston directed Honey, I Frightened the Kids, so you get. Like that kind of weird kind of humor, I think kind of was in that movie a little bit as well. Like, so I think it's just kind of, you know, keeping in mind that it's what's well, M rated, isn't it? Or is it, or is it PG? I can't remember. But either way, like Joe Johnson's good at making family movies for kids. And I think that scene, I think they, he got the tone completely wrong because <laughs> it is just, you know, oh, you pull sunglasses out of some poop. Great. It's like, oh, it just, it just didn't fit. I just don't think it fitted, and you got the you got the quirky mu- music as well happening as well. It's like like you hear like tubers and stuff. Oh, it's just yeah. yeah. I'm not. I'm definitely not my. It was like he was he was channeling more like a Jumanji vibe. Um, yeah, he wasn't quite. Yeah. He wasn't quite doing what he eventually would do, mm-hmm. like you know, Captain America: The First Avenger. Whereas you know, yeah, you know, he's, yeah. Done, he's done good stuff. He has done good stuff, but I yeah, I think. <laughs> This is a moment where I think, um, what was he thinking? Mm. What were they thinking? It's crazy. Yeah, um, absolutely. Look, let's get into a few of the, um, the characters that we haven't even bloody mentioned yet. Yeah, um, but we've got Can't the Kirby's. It, yeah, we've got the Kirby's, and mm. much like any, much like any Jurassic film, it's not a Jurassic film without <laughs> without characters going through some sort of divorce or, <laughs> or something yeah. like that. It's like it's that Spielberg's kind of like his regular theme of broken families. You know, like it's just a thing. Like he just always has divorce on the horizon. Yeah. So we've got um, Paul Paul Kirby played by William H Macy and Amanda Kirby played by uh, Taylor Leone. 
Um, these, yes. these, it's been a year since they've um, since they've separated or been divorced. Um, Amanda's with mm. this new fella. This new fella has taken the um, you know the young kid Eric Kirby to yeah you know parasailing or whatever it's called to this island. Maybe they'll spot a few dinosaurs or something. It'd be cool. Obviously, some sort of illegal um operation but we've got trevor morgan playing yep. eric and you know how you know yep. we always say sometimes kids can either be the best thing in a movie or the most annoying worst thing and we have our first jurassic mm. park movie and it's like kids yeah. are top notch the second top jurassic top. park yeah. movie you know some kids pretty questionable so moments not great but yeah. this movie mm. trevor morgan if we can start with him i hate this kid <laughs> I hate this kid so much. <laughs> He's so annoying. It's amazing. Every time he opens his mouth, oh. I just want to slap him. I don't like him, Rob. Help me out. <laughs> Back the, me up here. Mate, look, I look. I don't like him either. I do like the little bit of chemistry that him and um, Grant have in the little in in the water tanker, and they're talking about like the books and Malcolm's book and that kind of stuff. I like that. Everything else, I despise. I despise him. Actually, you know, you're right. Like in the in the water truck, thoroughly. He's he's yeah. You know, some good. But I think because he's just sitting, he's having a conversation. And even when like later on on the yeah. boat, where it's like, uh, it doesn't kind of change oh, the, the conversation the, about like the, the astronomers and the astronaut. Yeah, no, I, I like that. I like that conversation too. But um, I think when he's yeah. quiet and he, <laughs> when mm. the kid's quiet and he, <laughs> I mm. like it. When he's, he's got when an he, annoying voice. I'm no. so sorry, Trevor Morgan, but you're you're when you were a kid, your voice was so annoying. Anyway, he sorry, just buddy. he just um, feels and mm. he's just like, "Hey guys, come look at this." Yeah, Doctor ah. Grant, check this out. Yeah. yeah. So apparently, um, Trevor Morgan, his favorite scene in the movie that he filmed was um when he was being attacked by those little um pterodactyl, not pterodactyl, pteranodons. Yeah, the babies. And apparently the things were actually biting him. And I'm like, yeah, good on you. Get into them. Get in what they, like, they were like That's animatronic little robotic things. Yeah, right? like, just, like yeah. The comp- just like the compies. The kind of, some kind of concept. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, okay, cool. Annoying. Um, but, I mean, he's the whole purpose that they're on the island for is to rescue him. He somehow survived eight weeks. I survived six weeks in the wilderness. And um, you had you had snacks. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I just I just feel like I uh, didn't talk anywhere near as much as what uh, Eric Kirby did. So, yeah, <laughs> slightly less annoying. Um, but but uh, you know, he has his purpose, and obviously, that's, I just at the end of the movie where they're all happy, smiling, it's like, yeah, we're saved. My parents yeah. are getting back together from the looks of it. This is fantastic. Oh yeah, mum, your boyfriend's yeah. dead, and three other people lost their lives to save me. Fantastic. Me, yes, that's all right. <laughs> He's a very resourceful kid. Happy. Remember what it's like trying to ground him. Yeah. Oh, bloody hell. Tell you what, can I just talk about um, Amanda Kirby now? Because <laughs> she actually annoys me even more. Even than more. Trevor Morgan. So Taylor Leone's, oh, she's so annoying. Ben, Ben, what's a bad idea? Oh, my God. I hate it. I hate yeah. it. I mean, I, yeah. one, the one thing I really did like um, was... The way that she is a good actress, she's she's pretty amazing actually in some in some of her other stuff. She has a real genuine affection for Paul over the movie. Like you see her develop, like and the that the nonverbal like subtle looks that she gives him, they're like quite a like intimate little mm. like, look of somebody who she's looking at him in a new light. Um, and so I can appreciate the performance, 
but I just think the character is so dumb and so I think just so with her with oh, her, I'll dress like the with her being annoying first. Mm. I think she's actually written that way. Like she, it, the intention is. Oh no, definitely. Like both definitely. her and you know you know and Paul Kirby, like they're meant mm. to both be those annoying suburban, yes. you know, just generic kind of parents yeah. and they do well they do it well they, they yeah. are definitely so not knocking the performances knocking the characters i just hate the characters they just they yeah. actually she's so so bad like and accurately so like so like clearly it was intentional but it detracts so actually away from what the, what's going on because some of it's so like why would you have a megaphone on an island like why would you like when it's the island's dangerous. big and she's trying to find her boyfriend and her son what? <laughs> yeah, yeah it just feels it's so yeah anyway um but i i taylor leone's um performance i actually adore i love it i think it's great i just don't like the character i really don't like the character to the point that it's detracting from the rest of the movie for yeah me. i think distracts yeah. much like anything with this everything else with this movie like if if they had maybe executed you know the character's a little bit better like it's 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 salvageable but it's like a lot of the time like you said you know like it comes across as annoying whereas we should have been having fun with these characters and being like oh they're so silly instead of being like oh my god Mm. she's grinding my gears Mm. like she shouldn't have been irritating should have just been like yeah like oh these characters are so out of place. Like that's why this is fun mm. and kind of you know kind of crazy. Yeah. But well, what mm. we get is like these characters are kind of making my eye twitch. Um, yeah, but they're I don't know. Me. They're bugging me a bit. The, like their relationship, it's just like it's very cheesy and corny. It's yeah. sort of mm. it doesn't fit within any sort of real reality of anything. No. Um, and I know we're no, talking about a movie with dinosaurs and all that kind of stuff, but I mean, you know, things have been very real up until this point-ish. Yeah. <laughs> no, I agree. I agree. Well, I mean, thinking about just, you know, when we're talking the other movies in the franchise or earlier, you know, they had, there's a lot of, um, you know, metaphor that's front and centre that's kind of being, you know, challenged and discussed with the characters, mm. um, sometimes intentionally or sometimes kind of like subtly, uh, just you've got that kind of the context there, though. But whereas here you introduce these characters and it just feels like they're dumb, they're out of place yeah. intentionally, and they're treating the audience like idiots for that as well. Yeah. Like, you, I just don't feel like there's any respect to the audience given, be, you know, with these kind of the characters and the fact that they're turning it into like a horror movie running away from monsters instead of challenging, you know, you know, philosophical kind of things well, that the previous movies kind of really did get it's into. It's like those, so. you know, again, like if you view it, much like a horror movie you know like in a horror movie mm. usually a character dies and it's like mm. no nah, we don't have a moment to think about it because we need to survive we need to keep going and then at the end it's all hunky dory yeah. if we yeah. survive fantastic that's what this movie does mm. previously that like in the previous movies i mean yeah you kind of give it a pass because a lot of the characters that were mm. killed by other dinosaurs and stuff you know like a lot of those people dying weren't, even though like some relationships had been built, you know, like oh, I'd gotten to know this character, mm. you know, character interactions throughout the film. None of them were close. Yeah. No one had any sort of relationship off the island or anything mm. like that. You know, like when Ray Arnold yeah. died in the first movie, we only knew him because we had just met him, you know, like, yeah. And like mm-hmm. uh, when Eddie died, it was like, 
it, when Eddie died mm-hmm. in the Lost World, Ian Malcolm only met him, you know, days prior. No one had any sort of yeah, no relationship there. Yeah. Amanda Kirby is mm-hmm. a character who her partner of mm-hmm. at least a few months, enough to allow him to take her son. Obviously, mm-hmm. she was close enough. Son away, yeah. She confronts mm-hmm. his like hanging skeleton corpse thing. Obviously, yeah. she has a little freak out. But at no point yeah. throughout the movie does she have a moment to deal with that or process that or express yeah. any sort of um, mm. any sort of grief about it. It's yeah. and I know she's well, I mean, getting put, her son back and stuff like that, but, mm. it, but you still have to. You're talking about a partner. It's your partner. Yeah. How dead. good would it have been to have yeah. a moment of her having to process that and maybe having Paul be in a yeah. position to be like, if you need anything, you know, like, mm. you know, like, yeah. At the end of the day, like, mm. uh, yeah, maybe he yeah. had some grief with him and stuff, but it could have been like, at the end of the day, like, you know, I know he was a good bloke or whatever, but, you know, mm. yeah, if you need something, yeah. we're going to talk about it mm. like he's there. Just, I don't know, just would have had added layers of realness to the character instead of just being like, mm. oh, he's dead, just like any other character in the movie died, you know? But, mm. pff, yeah, it is. Absolutely. It is what it is. But, um, it is what it is, unfortunately. But um, William H. Macy's... Um, his performance is poor. I, I, I like so I like both of their performances. There's a lot like of there's a, before, there is still a, there is a lot of fun to still have, especially with Wu and H making what he's doing. You know, a lot of little gags, whether he's trying to put his backpack on, whether he's you know Kick, kicking the vending machine. Yeah, oh, and, that's and, great. And, and Actually, not, that one sits with me in my memory really, really well. It's like you don't got any change. Ooh. I've got a got a buck ten. Got a buck ten. <laughs> it's like dirty. yeah. Billy just comes in and knocks. Yeah, yeah. And then he tries to kick it and he's like, ow, oh. So, yeah, I think it's fantastic. But, um, yeah, just the characters. I wish that they maybe add a bit more depth to them or made them a bit that's, more realistic. But that's all we need. I just felt slapstick and like that we were being treated like idiots. That's mm-hmm. all. But, yeah. We talk about Let's Billy. talk about Billy. Yeah, they, yeah, that's right. Yes. If we talk about Billy Brennan hmm. and he is played by Alessandro uh, Nivola. 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 Of Face Off fame. Is him face off? He was in face off. Oh wow! Yeah, okay. yeah. He was. Yeah. Um, he was. He was the bad guy's brother. Pol- I feel like Pol- I Pol- haven't Pol- seen him in anything else ever. He's just done this movie, and that's it. Uh, he's not. He, he's, he was in a few TV shows as well, um, and he was in. Um, oh, what was he in? I think he was in American Hustle with. Okay. Um, oh yeah. Okay. Anyway, yeah. yeah. But anyway, um, I so I Billy Brandon's actually. Even though we've got Alan Grant in here, Billy Brand is actually my favourite character. I like him. I like him a lot. You like the conflict? I think he's, uh, you know, he's, red, he's... Well, I do. But, he, and yeah, and like, I like his backstory. He's a bit of an adventurer. I like that he's just a super flirt at work. I was thinking, he's just so Rough. cool. The dude's just Rough. cool. Rough. But um, <laughs> it's so cool. But, um, and also, I was watching this as like a 15-year-old. I'm like, I want to be like Billy. <laughs> I uh, I genuinely I know there's I know there's talk about you know how he you know so he steals the eggs and sh- and stuff but I some people comment on that and say you know he was he had already had a plan originally to get on the island and take something to make money but I was like no he starts like his story about when he's in New Zealand and all that stuff he's a reckless person he makes spur of the moment decisions he made a moment he made a decision in that moment to steal those eggs when he was standing there he didn't have a nefarious mm. reason everything he's done he's had a good reason he's just done stupid shit spe- i don't think specifically the yeah. eggs but i think you know obviously going back to he obviously had met paul or spoken to paul previously and 
he knew that there was an opportunity to get on that island. He knew there was something there financially that he could gain from going there. I think he well, had some think, sort of intention to think, do. I don't think Paul would have. I don't think Paul would have told him that they were going to land. I think Paul would have said, "We've got money, and we want you guys to. We want you to be a guide." Um, I think he was, he was choosing that, like push that relationship, just for the money for the dig site. I oh, that, that's, that's fair. all it was. That's fair. Yeah. I don't think, yeah, I don't think, because Paul wouldn't have told him. Because, yeah, I guess he would have had to. We're secretly going to, yeah. Because that would make him a villain. And you've ruined my character. Don't do it. But he has a lucky bag, which, you know, conveniently uh, he he doesn't let anybody look at. (laughs) So (laughs) nobody can see the raptor eggs in it. You know, this is another another one of those, like, um, you know, like, obviously this script Mm. was written in like in mere, in mere weeks sort of thing they mm. like the writers had watched yeah. the first two movies and then been like hey we're gonna like we're just gonna take elements of things you know like sarah harding's lucky <laughs> bag you know like lucky pack it's like oh they had one in though in that movie so let's have a character with one in this movie it's like, okay yeah it's just clear yeah. there's just clear things that they pull from and it's just like mm. hey, you're coming up with your own stuff yeah but i don't know um it's my clearly, take clearly yeah yeah, like yeah, clearly just running out of ideas or trying to put it together. <laughs> so lucky pack. Um, but uh, I like you know he, he gets to use the parachute that says dinosaur, which I think is great. So so stupid. Um, but um, <laughs> like Billy, Billy turns out to be you know he's a hero. He saves Eric, and then he apparently dies. Um, so we'll, yeah, he we'll has his he has his moment yeah. of redemption, which is cool. Yeah. So yeah, Billy, he's um yeah, I think he's a reckless guy, but I I idolised him when I was younger, and I think he's um Alessandro Navola's um performance. He's just it's really he's a cool dude, um and he I think hand on heart I think he just had the best intentions, um and like Grant says sometimes the best intentions people with have the best intentions do the most horrible things. Unfortunately, Billy, you screwed up. Sorry, dude. <laughs> now so. we've. We've touched on the Velociraptors a little bit in terms of um, like, how this movie has like such a focus on the mm-hmm. they can vocalize and talk to each other. There's, there's the resonating chamber um, thing, which is a which is a dog's resonating chamber. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just like a, a large, enlarged one. Yeah, yeah. But interesting, huh? Kind of cool that um, you know, it's like okay, mm-hmm. so you're just blowing it and you can make these sounds. Sure, that's how things work. Um, <laughs> but okay. I mean, we've, we've, we've touched on the design and, like, how it sort of changed. So we don't need to go over all that stuff again. Yeah. I just want to talk about, like, the the compound. When they go to the compound and there's yeah. a dinosaur head in the tube mm. with the eye. Mm. What the hell? What did what did Amanda Kirby think she was looking at? <laughs> when there's, like, hey, there's, a, yeah. there's a dinosaur head in this tube. I'm sure it's not yeah. alive. <laughs> Yeah, I, it is like I that bit does confuse me a little bit because that's um I was like I don't think I don't think it, the light would kind of reflect that way the way that it is and like it, I think you'd be able to see that, that it was clearly standing behind the thing like I, I yeah I was a bit confused by your, how it actually your issues was so with the clear light and magnified the light. <laughs> yeah. no no the lighting lighting and the and just the way it magnified and stuff I was like so it was his head in the tank. Or is it just behind it? It doesn't make any sense to me. And then she's just staring at it going... Because it obviously wasn't in yeah. liquid, was it? Like, it was... Well, yeah. It, it couldn't have been. But the way that... Yeah, so anyway, the whole thing confused me. But yeah, also the way that she just stares at it, it's like... And then the music changes all like, holy, like... Ooh. Well, I'm going to say, um, like... And then it jumps it, out, yeah. 
to get to get raptors this early in a Jurassic movie um, and have, have mm. shit go down. We got um, a cool sequence with, yeah. with the raptors sort of chasing them you know, throughout the mm. compound and then out into the herd yeah. and and all that. Yeah, there's some good. De- there's some good shit happening mm. here. Um, I tell you what, I I love like so that the whole sequence is is I really really enjoy it. And I remember oh, can you remember that moment when you first see that raptor run in the background? Yeah, they're just doing their little quirky thing and they're testing the um yeah you get that little that little flute like little waver or whatever it is I don't know what it is, like what what's playing but just it goes and yeah and because it goes they're they're picking up the phone and then they put it down and it's like it's kind of not serious and all of a sudden shit there's a raptor and it's like it's on it's on it's coming and then the suspense mm. is there and then and then you get to see that raptor like up front it is a good way to introduce the aesthetic of the raptors that that tank. And then you get them in full flight. It's the first time we've seen them in full, you know, like at top speed running across the um the paddock. It's awesome. Love it. You get the raptor calling for help. That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, we never see them. Well, you hadn't seen them previously, like running, like really running. Yeah, you see them stalking, but not running. Yeah, jumping, leaping. Oh, yeah. And they, they fully fly through down glass and doors and stuff. But yeah. Opening. And then you get that, you get the. Yeah, and that sequence basically concludes with them, um, you know, oh, that moment when that claw gets through Udesky's back and then they set the trap up. Like, I thought he was dead and then he's alive and I was like, holy shit, he's alive. And then it's like, oh, my God, there's a raptor Come, trying to get him out of the I think, I mean, like, oh, I mean, he was that whole horses. He was alive. They weren't, like, pulling string or anything to make his arm. Like, he was alive. They left him, they left him alive, yeah. but, you know. No, no, what I mean is, so I thought as soon as you see him get, like you know the claw going to his back i thought okay he's dead and then they see his body yeah and then he moves and i was going oh my god hang on why is he still alive i don't understand and then the trap gets sprung and it's like oh that's pretty cool like just showing on that level of intelligence and and yeah so i thought that was kind of well done and a really good way of um, introducing these new raptors the models that they've got and just their level of intelligence because that's yeah. the theme but as much as I, as I'm, much as i don't like the i don't really i'm not really a big fan of the design of the raptors in in this movie what they were doing with the raptors, i like the males i don't like, i like the males i don't like the females but yeah anyway sorry i'm going to use that bit of audio and repurpose it for something else just something mischievous <laughs> I like <laughs> that is yeah. not very fair. Um, <laughs> no, but, but yeah, the miracle I like, of post-production shit. I like yeah. what they're doing with the raptors in it. Just that whole yeah, from the compound, except for maybe the head in the tube, but from the compound to your desky's death. Um, mm. and we you know we haven't really talked about him much, but he's a fine character. That's all I'm gonna say. He's it's it's all good. Michael Jetta humor as well. Jetta, Jetta, one of them. Mm. Um, yeah, he does. He's a bit of a humor, and he's like, "We thought you were mercenaries." No, I'm like the booking agent. The guy I was called called in sick or something. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, that's funny." Um, <laughs> he's like, a, he's a real character. He was but, um, uh, Michael Jetta was in um, uh, Green Mile. You remember that? Oh right, yeah. All these actors popping yeah, up, and he was um, places. Hmm. Yeah, it's good. But uh, yeah, I, I, I liked him as a character. But um, yeah, poor he cops. He gets a broken neck at the end of it all. Poor bloke. Terrible way to go. Terrible way to go. Let's talk the birdcage. Mm. Pteranodons, flying lizards. Yeah. It's, it's fantastic. It's great. So this is where this movie goes full horror. Like, it's it's dark, it's moody, it's foggy, mm. it's scary, it's, it's dark, it's yeah. moody, it's scary. I'll, I'll just repeat everything I just said. It's it, it's all of that. <laughs> Seen across the bridge with the, with like mm. just the silhouette moving towards them of like, 
the yeah. walk in Toronto like that's some scary <laughs> shit. I mean, birds are pretty yeah, scary in definitely. general. Yeah, give them the dinosaur <laughs> element and the big size. Like, yeah, man, you're in for a treat here. It's a fun <laughs> sequence. I gotta say, like, it, it really is, and it's well done. I like it. Um, I you know that moment, you know, like when. Uh, Eric's walking across and he's holding the rail and then all of a sudden it just shakes and then you cut to um, Grant and he's like picking up the bird shit and he's like, hang on, <laughs> what is this? What's going on here? And then you get that moment of that huge zoom out and you see the cloud clear a little bit and you see they're in the cage and like, it's a bird cage and then the reveal, it's like really well done. I, I think it's great. Great sequence. Awesome. And then, um, yeah, then Trevor Morgan, Eric just gets picked up and taken. See you later. Yeah. I was like, oh, um, can you imagine how freaking scared you'd be just getting carried off to somewhere in the, not only have you got, maybe got heights, you've also got fear of death of being eaten, like all these things. Poor, poor kid. Rocks, the anyway. water, the heights, the the baby yeah. birds, the, the big birds. <laughs> it's nutty. So then, yeah, and, and like we said, he gets dropped off, the baby birds start attacking him and he's, but he, this is like I said, I point this out. There was he is a human skull, and I think it might it might have been used as a gag. But if you think of what that implication is, it means those in recent in the recent past, those birds have picked a a human, they've grabbed a human and killed it. Unless and that might somebody, be, and that unless might somebody be died, why, fell in the river, and it flowed into the bird cage. Could, could have been, or <laughs> those pteranodons, um, one of those. Like the body that they've eat, they're eaten or have eaten, was one of the ones on the bloody um, jet boat eight weeks earlier. Mm. So could very well if that was the Tyrannodons and they took them back to get to feed the the little ones. There you go, done, sold, solved, sorted. All it takes is a couple of hours talking on a podcast to it's get a, through these plot holes. I mean, it's a stupid solution, but um, yeah, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take. It. Well, look, at the end of it all, the hmm. the whole birdcage sequence is pretty good, hmm. pretty fun. A lot happening. Um, it, Billy apparently dies. Yeah, that, I mean that is let's say in quotations his death scene is it's pretty mm. violent, like just getting pecked away. It's pretty brutal, yeah. Like, and then as he as it sort of you know he's run down the you know, he's floating down the river, like mm. the, the water changes into that red color. It's like, oh, he's yeah, yeah, he's dead for sure. He's gone, but not really. He's a goner. <laughs> um, we'll mm. get to that. We'll get back to him in a second. Yeah. Um, but look, the set design of the cage and stuff, like, yeah, pretty good. I think this is where most of the budget went, mm. <laughs> except for building that giant what? Spinosaurus. But no, this it looked good. I liked it. I liked it. Um, I, I liked it. But look, we we from mm. then, you know, we've the the movie does a few things to sort of wrap this everything up pretty quickly. You've got the Spinosaurus yes. and the boat scene. Um, we've got that yep. phone call to. To Ellie, talking to Charlie. Charlie. We get a little bit of a little bit of Barney the dinosaur, which is always what you want in a Jurassic film. No, it's terrible. It's terrible. (laughs) Hey, it's Um, funny. It's funny. funny. No, but again, a a good sequence (laughs) here. You know, like there's a bit of tension. They're in. Oh, absolutely. They've locked themselves in this cage, and you know they're they're underwater. Mm. There's drowning becomes Mm. an issue. That's always mm. adding to the tension. There's then you got the Spinosaurus putting its hand in the cage, trying to rip them out and cutting them all up. And yeah, oh, it's it's crazy. But that it, that boat it gets pretty epic. Was, um... It gets pretty epic. 
Well, the action, yeah. action and like is you said, like the the pacing, the pacing doesn't stop. It's relentless as well. It's just like bang, 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 bang. Something new, something new, something new, and you get those little little punctuations of little moments of maybe reflecting on Billy he's passed away or yeah. you know this or just. But ultimately, like it's just so like full of action, and that yeah, this is this is like the finale for the Spinosaurus, and yeah, they one flare gun, what, he's, they, gone. They, they, he's gone, he's <laughs> gone. He runs away, but he's on fire. I mean, the CG in that scene as he's running away looks bloody spectacular. Like, and with water, and, and oh, it's just it's incredible. Yeah, you've got the, oh, I said yeah, the, uh, the, the reflection the animatronic. It's mm. mm. good. Oh, it's, it's so good. And then you, you get a uh, you get Paul Kirby's apparent death, but which within thirty seconds is resolved as well. So, which I thought was actually not very good. So, it's a little <laughs> bit, a little bit of a downer on the end of that scene. And then what else do we get? Like, so you so reckon immediately goes they, from there they, to, day, to daylight? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. This is where everything after this, I think, mm. is just dropping the ball. Just dropping the ball. So we get um, we get a final confrontation mm. with the raptors. The raptors catch up to them. Again, they're surrounded. They obviously want their eggs. Um, you know, Amanda yeah. hands the eggs over. And then... Mm just very awkward animatronic raptor head picking up the mm. picking up the eggs so slowly and then mm. cgi raptor running away which looks great looks fine i hate to say yeah. but it's like they use the cgi really well in this and what they're doing with mm. the animatronics even though it's there it looks real they're making them do mm. stuff that doesn't quite work and it's like they're not using the mm. tool correctly yeah, and it picks up that the CGI is, is brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Just I don't know. I yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, the yeah, that's not it's not as smooth puppeteering and, as as some of the earlier stuff, and, and I mean like yeah, this, not and not not as well framed and not as yeah, it's just just such just a definitely stupid, no, it's noticeable. Such a stupid just mm. like ending to solution to get out of the problem. Mm. It's like use a resonating chamber to call for help, which. Okay. Somehow you know how to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So they're making um, the communication of calling for help and the raptors think they've called for help and they hear these helicopter sounds or the, this obviously strange noise. Mm. So they're like, oh my God, something's coming. Let's get the hell out of here. Yeah. It's like, no, pounce on them, mm. bite their throats mm. out Kill them. and then, yeah. then run off. What ifs? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It makes you no kill sense. for sport. So, yeah, you kill for sport. Yeah, other oh, movies have determined that you. Yeah, so I don't like it. Yeah, they've definitely rushed the ending through here, and then, and then you really get the arrival of the navy and the marines because, you know, we didn't say on the Spinosaurus boat attack, but yeah, they managed to get hold of Charlie and 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 I guess Ellie who gets her husband to pull strings or something. But I mean, even that doesn't button. make sense because, <laughs> but because but that doesn't make sense either because Costa Rica is in the same time zone as um basically California and that, you know, the, that West Coast. Um, Charlie's in daylight and they're at nighttime on the boat. So it doesn't, like, it doesn't, the whole thing just seems rushed and like it really, yeah, just like a, a cop-out way of, of resolving something really, you know, like. Oh, we, we don't know. Better. We don't know what part of America Ellie lives in. No, we don't. No, we don't. But I do, I think I read read somewhere that it was intended that they're on the west coast so just like san diego and that was on the west coast so i don't know um but yeah navy marine shot which just i mean in production probably like wow it's going to be an epic scene like what a triumph like you know like you know 
the big guns are here to make sure everything's all good. This is the this is what we need. Like, well done, Ellie. You got this. Yeah. Got this shit sorted. Mm. It just seems hokey and out of place. It just doesn't seem right totally. for this movie that's been very intimate. You've had these seven characters that you've been following. To now, it's like mm. okay, like so many, so many things, and to yeah. feel like someone's getting arrested for you know traveling to this restricted international airspace kind of yeah. whatever it's referred mm. to and i hate the fact that the words restricted appeared on screen oh, appear like, in the credit, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, first what? credits yeah why would uh, why does that need to be on there like, but anyway yeah. like I, I don't know someone's going because they're treating us like they're treating us like idiots that's why <laughs> oh, and, then, and then you've got the the, movies do it to us as well we've mentioned the the surrounded on the scape <laughs> already like and that's it yeah. billy's survived mm. Is this guy mm-hmm. with you like who what and there's billy and yeah it's like all right mm. all good he's alive and the guy and the, yeah and you got the stupid bloody megaphone callback as well it's like yeah, oh, yeah. Grant, it's like that's oh like yeah so idea. you get the kirby saying it. it's like oh my god yeah because the kirby's so have lame now, they've now completed they've their learned. story arc their character arc that they know they're now badasses the they're yeah. all badasses no megaphones are bad ideas <laughs> They can oh, universally God. agree with that, and that means oh. their characters have come to an end. You know what? Unless you've got any more, anything more to say before we get to our rating, let's get into our let's do our quiz. Yeah, no, I've said it all, mate. I've said it all. Now all I want to do is answer <laughs> questions. That's all I want to do. Now. All right. So ten so, questions in approximately sixty yeah. seconds. It's a great easy <laughs> way for us to do this. I've got some questions for yep. you. Ten of them. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Let's just get into it without further delay. Far away. Far away. Here we go. Where is the dig site located? Montana. I'll take that as an answer. Correct. Oh, it's like like something creek. Yeah. yeah. It's Fort Peck Lake in Montana, but we'll take Montana. All good. What what drinks do Grant and Billy order when they're at dinner with the Kirby's? Uh, It's a scotch um, meat, I think. Incorrect. It's okay. a it's All an right. ice pick. Whiskey need? It's an ice pick. It's a cocktail. Oh, whatever the heck that is. Yeah. Okay. Um, where cool. did Billy say he, he went hang gliding? New Zealand. Correct. Where did Cooper say he knew the Kirby's from? Church. Correct. From church. How old is Eric? Ah. Huh. 14? Incorrect. No. Okay. He's 12. How old is he? He's 12. Oh, right. What company does Paul Kirby own? <laughs> um, Kirby, no, not Kirby Enterprises. Um, That's the fake uh, one. <laughs> Kirby's um, patent tile plus in Westgate. Correct. And thank yeah. you for the Westgate edition. Wasn't necessary, but I'll yeah. take it. Um, how, did, long, man. how did Paul Kirby say he lost weight? Swimming. He looks great. And he looks great. He looks great. Correct. How many raptor eggs does Billy take? Two. Correct. He takes two. Yeah. Where are the Where are the Kirby's from? Well, Westgate apparently. Well, no, that's um, the name of the shop. The hell that is. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know. I've got no. Or idea. even just take the take the state. If you give me the state, Iowa. Incorrect. Um, Enid, Montana. Oklahoma. No. Montana, oh, yeah, they live in Montana. No, Enid, Oklahoma. So Kirby, Payton, Tile Plus, Westgate, 
Enid, Oklahoma. So the Westgate Shopping Center or Shopping yeah, Mall right. in Enid, Oklahoma. Um, yeah, and last okay. question, right. what does Billy say mm-hmm. at the end of the movie? Um, I found your hat. Yeah, I rescued your hat. Correct. Grant's hat. rescued your hat. There you go. Seven there out of ten, mate. Seven out of ten. Yeah. Cool. I'm very happy. Very happy with that. I um I feel like I have achieved more than what the writers did with this movie. So very good. Okay, um, sure. Okay. I don't know what you mean by that. Yeah. That's all right. Rating time. Oh, just let's, success. Let's, success. 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 Just success. I see. Let's yeah. do this. Out of five VHS tapes, what do yes. you rate Jurassic Park three? Two. <laughs> two. I'm giving it two, and I'm I will explain it like. Just I mean, we've we talked about it at length for two hours now almost, but um, this movie it's it's nowhere near the strongest in the franchise. It's got redeeming moments for sure. Um, oh, I'm going to boost up to two and a half actually, to be honest, because the sequences, the action sequences, are they're good, they're fun, they're thrilling. But I have to like I understand that the uh, Kirby's were created as um, as annoying characters. They're written that way. It's intentional, but it's done to the point that it detracts from the rest of the movie. And the more times I watch this movie, the more it really kind of grates me of how unrealistic they are as people. Um, and I can't really forgive that. It's just something. And, and the the jarring nature of the, the, the tone and the pacing, it's, you know, like I said, on repeat viewings, I, I'm becoming more and more... Um, Less, less excited for certain scenes and different parts of the movie and even tempted to skip ahead to other things, you know, and that's a movie, that's a that's something that I don't generally do <laughs> like, very often. Like, like Jurassic that, World? Yeah. <laughs> just, just skip to the next movie. <laughs> just skip to the... <laughs> no, just like, just skipping through the scenes, like, I just don't, yeah. So it's a flat, like, it's two, two and a half. It's I still have the soft spot for it. The scenes, uh, the action scenes are, you know, the CG on a lot of it, and it just looks good still. It's good fun. Um, I like that it's a short and sharp movie, but I don't like the way that they really, really breakneck pace it and then stop and start and stop and start. So, which sounds contradictory, but it's like I like the idea of having a, a you know, action, you know, action scenes that move quickly and are relentless, but then you, you know, I don't know, you've, you've got to structure it in a way that your audience isn't just going to be completely thrown like all the time, which I feel like this does throw people like with the pacing and stuff. Anyway, that's me. Two and a half. What about you? I am I am there with you then. Um, yeah, two point five, uh, which is a generous. Mm. It's a generous two point five. Um, and, yeah, and I think so it is. basically the same points as you. Like a lot of the action sequences look pretty good and they're fun. And you know, at the end of the day, mm. like we've got dinosaurs doing their thing mm. and people are running from them it's great mm. it's fantastic you know like there's the jurassic mm. flavors which is all good and look there will always mm. be that nostalgia kick that will keep this movie going for me um mm. i feel like i know this movie word by word like word from word it's pretty mm. weird because it's such an average mm. movie um but yeah at the end of the day like the story is shallow the characters are hollow the um you know like there's annoying things there's cheesiness there's there's Mm. nonsensical stuff things don't make sense i guess that's the same as my previous statement um there's just there's this need to make everything a mystery for some reason um you know it's short which isn't always a bad thing, but because of that fast-paced, 
a horror mm. slasher movie kind of thing with dinosaurs. That's what this movie. Mm. What this movie does is take what previously has made uh, you know made it very clear that these are these are animals, not monsters. And this movie, for some mm. reason, just wants to make them monsters. Even when we have that yeah. really nice moment with the brachiosauruses and the stegosaurus on the boat, mm. and they're looking at them, they look wonderful. It's like okay, mm. but you spent this whole movie telling us these, like showing us these monsters. They're stalkers. Mm. They're chasing. Yeah. Even though the raptors are doing it for to get their eggs back. It's like there's still mm. these vicious like creatures. It's like, all right, cool. Yeah. Like, but where's the animal mm. side to it? Where's the the reasoning mm. behind the dinosaurs doing what they're doing? They're just animals. None of that's there. There's no level yeah. of thematical intelligence to this movie. The closest mm. thing to any sort of intelligence. I still stand by the is my name Alan Bird scene with the Alan on as the raptor on the plane. I'll um, take it. I'll take and, it. And we've got to take it. Otherwise, there's nothing. But look, mm. there's there's still fun to be had, and it it's a quick ninety minute like mm. adventure flick. With people running from dinosaurs. Obviously, the franchise changed directions after this, um, mm. for for better, for worse. <sighs> look, if uh, as long as they knock it out with Dominion, it'll all be worth it. And at the end of the day, we've still got Jurassic mm. Park and the Lost World that we can uh, cherish for all time. And hey. Jurassic Cambridge World, Cret- Cretaceous. That's good fun. That was a good time. Yeah, Jurassic World has some good qualities. So you know, yeah, it does. It, does. it is. It is what it's it is. Because it's it's a nostalgia like bait. But yeah, um, yeah. I, I mean, I agree. It looks like we're on the same page. It's a it's a movie that we can watch again. I still, but, um, not necessarily I still in a hurry by, to do so. I still stand by not the worst Jurassic movie. No, I think Fallen Kingdom definitely takes that <laughs> one. Definitely. <laughs> Crazy. I mean, you got Chris Park trying to roll away from lava. Oh, like, oh god! Yeah. That whole. At least this movie. Okay. Yeah. At least this movie's straightforward. You know, like you yeah. know what the characters want to do and how they're doing it. Yeah. Is mm. I don't want to say realistic, but I don't know. It it's fine. It's fine. Oh, the motivation's realistic, but it shouldn't have been eight weeks. It should have been two or less. You know, like it shouldn't have been. The kid would have died. But anyway, that's fine. No, he just he's, stayed in he's a truck. survivor apparently. He used the T Rex eating eating chocolate eating chocolate and uh, and cans of food. Uh, he good. used the T Rex pee to keep the the smaller dinosaurs away. He just had to avoid. Definitely the, brings a big one with a fin though, doesn't it? Mm. Mm. But all good, oh. all good. Well, that's it. That is our rewind to two thousand and one Jurassic Park three. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode of Rewind Review. We certainly have. Um, as always, we'll remind you that any feedback, uh, either positive or negative, or any Rewind requests can be sent to us via email at thatfilmstudiopodcast at gmail.com. Or you can reach out to us on either That Film Street or Rewind and Review's Facebook pages. Like and follow these pages whilst you're at it. Subscribe and leave us a review on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts as it does help others like yourselves find the podcast. You can find our entire catalogue of episodes at thatfilmstreetpodcast.com. And if you're wondering what's up next for, uh, for us here at Rewind and Review, take a listen to this clue. I have one simple request, and that is to have sharks with freaking laser beams attached to their heads. Now, evidently, my cycloptic colleague informs me that that can't be done. Uh, can you remind me what I pay you people for? Honestly, throw me a bone here. Yeah, looking forward to that one. We'll have yeah, some fun with it, I'm sure. Um, thank you all Definitely. for listening. This has been another Rewind and Review. See you on an next trip.
please rewind this cassette before returning it to your video library. I like the males, I don't like the females, but yeah. Anyway, sorry.